is Troy Abbott, PT. Yes, sir. My name is AJ Smith, My name strength is... coach, owner what? here at Smith's Fitness. This is Busy Getting Strong, the Smith's <laughs> Fitness Podcast. Let's get it. Yeah, boy. Episode one. Here we go. Here we go, man. Um, firstly, uh, we're both very surprised by how much interest people uh, put into us doing a podcast. So we sort of, well, I threw it out there just as a, well, we'll see what people think. And then we had a, a big response of like, when's it coming out? People have been asking me that already. I'm like, oh, chill out. I've got to, people obviously uh, have no lives. Yeah, I've got to figure out how to do this. To us, so. Yeah, I don't know why you would, but anyway, we're going to do it. And then I asked for topics, man, and um, I got heaps. So we're going to go through some today. We're going to save some for some other episodes, um, but we'll go through a little bit today. But yeah, so um, thanks for everyone for their input. Um, through social media, mainly through Instagram, um, and not being just weirdos that follow us but don't say anything. So, like, when we put polls out and ask for questions and stuff and, like, you know, three, four, five hundred people look at them and you get, like, no responses, you're like, what are you, you're all weirdos. You know, like, play around a little bit and, like, you know, give your input. So, um, thanks for those guys that did. Uh, We are very surprised. We're going to take this time to firstly apologise for how much shit we're going to talk me especially. We're just um, gonna steer away from skateboarding and punk rock, and I yeah, think we'll be, we'll be all right, man. So. We'll just keep episode. We'll, we'll do some <laughs> episodes of that on their own, I reckon. Um, so yeah, how much shit we're gonna talk? How much I'm gonna repeat myself about um, calorie deficits and and <laughs> fat loss? Um, and if the sound quality's uh, a little bit out, just bear with us. We're using one mic. Um, we're definitely not sound engineers. It looks all right from where I'm sitting, um, but yeah, we'll try and figure that out as we go. But yeah, thanks. And sorry. So today's topic um, is I thought we'd start like with how we got into the fitness industry. So um, I want you to go through your story when it comes to fitness. I want you to try and leave out everything else that's not fitness related that we're going to get into later. So just start with you know where your interest like first lied, um, what you did to sort of get into the industry, the process that you went through. Um, the fitness jobs that you've worked, and then uh, we'll talk uh, everything else. So, okay. some people might know my story. Uh, some people, some people might know Troy's. There'll be, probably be more that don't. Um, so, this is the episode uh, to sort of go through it all. So, Troy, take it away. Uh, talk people through your story getting into the fitness industry. Okay, so uh, probably my journey in fitness probably started uh, as a teenager. I would have been about fourteen, I reckon. And uh, I started a, just a like, local boxing club. And uh, yeah, just started learning to fight and learned all about fitness from that. And um, uh, yeah, and I did that for a few years. I got I'm going to stop it. him there because I didn't even know that. Like, I've known Troy really? for probably two or three years <laughs> now. And now he's a fighter. All right, I've got to watch I, what I say. I, I try to keep this a little bit quiet. I've got to watch uh, what I, I say. I've got to watch what I say now. People start going, oh, can you hold pads for me? And I really don't like Yeah, well, everybody, ones, Troy's so. a boxing coach. <laughs> So bring your shittest attitude down and try and box his head off. Yeah, no, All right, man. So. <laughs> off you go. <laughs> so, yeah, from there, basically, I did that for about three, four years, I reckon. Um, and then, yeah, got to about 18, 19, and I had my first kid. Yeah. And I stopped training. First of many. First of many, yeah. Are you the original? You're original dad bod. I was, yeah. That's ages. That's yeah. way before dad bod was I a did, thing. The dad bod did crank pretty hard too back then. <laughs> uh, this... Because this is basically what happened. I hit 18. Actually, it was a bit about 19. And I chucked on a fair bit of weight. How good are beers, though? 
They were pretty good back then. They were very good back then. You need, you're probably the same at the moment, mate, with a one-year-old. You need, you need a few beers every now and then to get through those times. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, basically, I yeah, stopped training altogether, um, focusing on just working to pay the bills. Um, I would have put on about maybe 15 kilos, yes, I reckon. Yes, fat Troy. And being a short guy, um, when you put on that much weight, you can look How much did you weigh? Pretty chubby. What'd you get to? I'm probably the same weight I am now. Yeah. So I was... Bit, like better composi- bit better composition, though, so I reckon. I think in boxing, I, like, at 18, I would have been like, I was pretty light. I would have been about 58 kilos Oof, or something. So. Box your head off, though. So I was pretty lean, um, but yeah, I was pretty tiny. Yeah. And then I chucked on all this weight, and it just sort of happened so quickly. Well, I just, yeah. I didn't even realise it happened. Actually, I remember crossing the road one day, and some guy just shouts out, hey, fatty. And I, st- I started looking around. I was like, who's he talking to? Oh, and shit. This, this, was, this was the day Shut I just up. had to stop. I really? Like, I just realised... All right, that this ain't good. Just random stranger just changed your life. Just some random stranger, some guy along Canning Highway. Oh, yeah, life, sh- life lessons, yell obscenities exactly, at people. Exactly, <laughs> we <laughs> might get some, well, We might get some members out of it. So, yeah, from there, um, I started, uh, I tried to get back into boxing, actually. I started running, um, I was trying to get the weight off, and it uh, didn't actually happen too easy. I was still eating terribly. I always ate terribly, even when I was boxing anyway but um i had no clue on nutrition and um yeah for a couple of years i struggled just trying to get weight off and nothing ever happened uh eventually yeah a couple of years passed and i was working at a place and they um were offering 75 percent off gym memberships so it'd been about 24 25 giving it away and i was like they actually did 50 percent to start with and then they um um, I still didn't take it. As soon as I went 75%, I was like, all right, I've got to get in there. Yeah, you've got to get is, in that, mate. This is a pretty cheap deal here. Yep. So, uh, uh, so jump- I'm just going to say you're not getting 75% off our gym, <laughs> our gym membership anytime ever. Yeah. Back those days, that though, that was like, uh, you know, the, the membership deals, you could just go train somewhere for free for a month back in those days. Yeah, it's so, not happening. No, nah, so... <laughs> Um, so I started, um, yeah, just, I'd, I'd never actually stepped foot in a gym until I was probably about, what, yeah, 24, 25, so. Yeah. Um, all my training around boxing was actually, um, like, bodyweight training. I had, like, a, a playground across the road. I remember when I'd been out 17, 18, and I just learned, um, you know, pull-ups, dips, um, push-ups, all those sort of movements got into So you the, sort of built that sort of uh, calisthenics foundation for all that bodyweight stuff? That's that's where that stuff came from for it's me. It's a pretty good which, way to get it started. Yeah, yeah, and I was, yeah, I, I found that was a, um, when I f- eventually got into PT, that was the, the road I started to go down as a trainer. Yeah, um, I yeah. wanted to... Like your first little niche, yeah, as, they, I, as they call it. I remember the first guy I ever, you know, talked to about being a PT, said the most important thing is finding a niche, finding a, something that you're passionate about, um, that you yeah. can, you know, you don't want to just be that standard, same old trainer that does nope. the same old thing. You nope, know, nope, you're, nope. You're going to get left behind pretty quick. Um, so calisthenics, yeah, they ended up being a... So where did you go, style. so you started to sort of, uh, you got called fat yep. on Canning Highway, Yep. and then um, you sort of took the steps to get less fat, Yep. so how did that, that sort of, um, so you started training yourself, and yep. then you started like obviously get an interest in it, where did you go from there, did you sort of look towards getting accredited or, you know, doing your qualifications or? Um, yeah, I trained probably for about six months on my own, just yep. going to the gym, doing every dumb thing you could possibly think That's of. That's the way. Squatting on the Smith machine. Yep. Um, my favorite one, which I'm so embarrassed about, I think the boxing thing came out as the old sit-ups. 
know when you come up from a sit-up and then you just throw a few jab crosses at the top? Just the best. Just, oh, it's the worst. Eh? Whenever I see that, I'm like, oh, God, I used to be that, so. <laughs> That's straight so, out of, like, Rocky Two Montana, It is Jay. a bit, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm pretty embarrassed about that one, but um, where are we going? We're, I'm off topic already. That's so, all right. Uh, no, so like, when did, when did you sort of go... Yeah, and, and think, oh, it's time to get qualified. I'm going to like look to do this as a, as a career or even just as a job to get yeah, by. Yeah, so it would have been about probably six months later. Um, yeah. I just, I did start, I think when I got into the gym and actually started lifting weights, then my body did start to change yeah. um, pretty quickly. And I went, holy crap, this is, this is the way to go about it. Like, yeah. this is, I got to share this with people, um, and friends and family. I was trying to encourage to get into it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, just, I had a real love for it straight away. I just... Um, as soon as that first day in the gym, I remember I got in the, the bathroom and threw up all over the place. <laughs> um, came back the second day, did the exact same thing. Yep. Um, and yeah, I just, I just couldn't get enough of it. I just, I, I don't think I've actually missed a week of training since that first day I went into that gym. Sweet. So it's just what gym was that? Uh, that would be in Outone Park. Like a, it was a city of Swan. They had their own. Oh really? Yeah. Pretty terrible gym. For those that don't know, Troy's moved around everywhere. He's lived. I've, I've been. He's lived everywhere. Yeah. Um, so, so you're training. You're loving it. You're yep. trying to get people into it. Um, what makes you decide to do your qualifications where you did it? So, who did you do it with? Yep. Um, and like, just talk, talk me through that process. Like uh, the pros and cons of it. Yep. Was it too short? Was it too easy? Was it too hard? Was it too oh. expensive? All it's of the above. Ex- yeah, <laughs> definitely expensive. I'll say that. Um, it was definitely too short. You want to see my hegs, uh, death man? Yeah, okay. Yeah. We won't go through that then. So, but I mean, for the the course and what it was, oh, not bad like val- value uh, for money sort great, of thing. We had some great trainers there and guys that I really respected, and they were quite knowledgeable. Um, but I just think the whole course, how how it's run, is far too short. That could far def- too easy to that get could through. That could be a, so. uh, um, another podcast on its own. I think. I think so. Um, man, which so. why I don't like uh, speaking too much negativity, so we probably won't do one on it. But yeah. You, I think the the three listeners out there will definitely be able to uh, understand where we're coming from when we sure. say these things. Yeah, and it's easy now because we've built a career in this industry. But um, yeah, it's it's something that I know I can get a lot sidetracked on and speak about everything that's wrong with it. So I try not to. Yeah, try to focus on what can be done to be better um, and the good things about the industry. So carry on from there man yep so I went to AIF got my qualifications done in about two weeks now it's probably like six months or something <laughs> six that months. it was how so much prac works involved in that before oh, you get very, into it very very little yep. yeah I was. that's probably the one thing I was disappointed with the course is just being able to um, I wanted to learn movement basically more than anything yep um, and they just they just didn't really cover that as is that much as so I that's liked. like because um, I know they used to do it through TAFE didn't they and then yep. all these sort of like old um, new sort of learning centers or like institutes of their own just started popping up didn't they and then yeah. they're um, obviously fitness australia oversees all of that and then that's where people get their cert three four five whatever it is three yep, three, and four. three and four yep. yeah okay so yeah because that's they're all like obviously there's a whole heap of them now so you did a i aif i think when i did mine there was only real maybe two places you could do yeah, it there's like heaps that. now, now right? it's just like yeah. you know you can get them anywhere now so yeah um, so, but yeah, I so still, what, six months, six months. I did it part time cause I was, I was still working full time as well. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty nuts, That's but, it. um, but I got through it and, um, it was really easy actually, I thought, um, and it was the first time I actually enjoyed education. I've got to say, yeah, like, I was like, Oh, I'm actually listening in class. I never did that at school. So, yeah. um, yeah, and I loved it and I got along with uh, all the people who I was doing it with and 
Um, yeah, straight after that, I just I wanted to find a job and yeah, started working as a PT out of a commercial gym pretty quickly. I think. What um, what was the process like to get that job? Was it? I know in the past um, when I've sort of looked at PT jobs, um, it's it, there's really a grey area because sometimes you know you're really employing yourself um, and it you might get sold all the bells and whistles of oh. this great facility. Um, you know, like all the perks. I remember one job interview I went through, dude was like, oh, you'll be driving a Beamer in no time. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll, and then he told me like I had to, it was basically me starting my own business, which is, you know, we've both done it, but it's, yep. it's fucking hard. It's not yep. easy. Um, what was that like? Or was it, were you on sort of like an hourly rate? Just no, talk us through that sort yeah, of. Yeah, straight away it was uh, that, you know, you're like a subcontractor basically to the gym. Yeah. So yeah, you're running your own business, and I had no idea. And I mean, there's nothing, that, there's that nothing stage. wrong with that, but no. it getting to that point is the hard part. Yeah. And like we've both done it different ways, which obviously you're going through, and then I'll go through. But yeah, and that's why I've been apprehensive to bring other people on because not everyone is like Troy, who's been able to build his own business, and people will follow and train with him. Um, to for me to bring on a personal trainer, they've sort of got to be another version of you yeah um you know that has their people that want to train with them that that you know want to change gym or or come over with them um but if you're just starting out which is one of our topics later on if you're just starting out getting to that point where you can do that is really hard and that's where a lot of people and the industry again can sort of take advantage of all those um new graduates if you want to call them that um and that's why people just get tuned in and out of the yeah. fitness industry like That's the it. turnover rate is uh, yeah. is the terrible of, really the amount of PTs I work with over the last yeah five six years and they just and now they're doing something else right yeah that's it so well yeah I think even the, the course I probably did I don't even there may be one other person yeah. that's actually still doing PT yeah shit if that so okay man so, so from there <laughs> so from there how did somehow. you how did you build up so you said like uh, your subcon- subcontractor yep. um you can name the gyms if you want. I don't care. Yeah, yeah so I worked at uh, Bailey's Fitness for yep. a couple of years. Yep, the one in um, Morley. Yep, that's yep. the one. So I was there for probably two years. Yep. Um, it's actually a pretty good gym. For I did. Um, I had a manager there that was really, really good. Got a lot of good education out. Yeah. Um, so I learned quite a lot. About well, they they, they had a um. They've definitely been around. Like when people say yep. Bailey's, like it's. Like I've lived in Rockingham my whole life, but I knew there was a Bailey's Fitness. Yeah, yeah. I didn't quite know where they were or anything. I never trained them, but I knew about them. So yep. they're obviously doing something right. Yeah, they're, to they're some degree, you know. Switched on with their fighting with Muay Thai and that sort of stuff yep. there. So they had they're pretty successful in that way as well. Yep. Um, so you just build up your how did, how did you go about finding clients? And were you just sort of on the gym floor and yeah, basically that's training the, hard uh, and people like saying got, what are you doing and. Yeah, basically that uh, for me that was probably the best way for me to do it. Yep. Um, obviously the gym, they always throw you leads, and those commercial gyms have got like, you know, some of them got like two thousand members in, in the gym, so yeah, you got a, quite a big pool of people to, you know, I used to just go hang around the ab crunch machine. Yep. And see them doing that, and you go, okay, yep, these guys could be a potential client. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It is away, a, so. it is a little bit like that. Um, and yeah, like I'll talk through where I've worked as well, but um. I think having uh, a bit of experience in that realm, you can take the good and bad from it. So it definitely forces you to deal with people um, and you have to almost become like a, uh, well, you do become a salesman, yep. um, which is a part that I hate. Yep. Um, but it also 
helps you uh, sort of deal with a whole range of different people. It does, um, yeah. So from the people that don't really need your help and they sort of become your training, you know, training partners or like equivalent to the people that are like absolutely brand new, like Bailey's had a deal and they signed up and like yeah. here's Troy and you're now you're the expert because you've just been put in front of them. Yeah. And that could be a long-term client, you know what I mean? And from a business point of view, that could mean, you know, in- income over the life of a client and me and you both have very good sort of client retention like people have trained with yeah. us for for years yeah, that's it. um so it's it it really is a, a good opportunity the to take something good out of like that commercial side is is those sort of aspects like the more retail salesperson sort of style and dealing with a lot of different people yeah that's yeah. it so yeah that was the good thing i think it's a great way to start because you do you get so many people you you do get to see through a, a daily basis and um it's funny with the sales thing as well i i i'm you know very similar to you with the whole sales thing you know i like to be more genuine about it obviously we both do yeah um and i just remember things like the we had a sales script and yeah stuff the like scripts that. and stuff man yeah and i was probably the worst actually i remember the two or three guys in the gym that were probably the worst with the script and we were probably the three most successful trainers in the gym so I yeah. thought that was pretty funny that the man. I think the least, I think people can. Oh man, especially if it's a script, like you can just see it. Oh. I don't know, and I just think that authenticity. Yeah. And I I heard this on um a podcast a while back. I'm not sure if it was, a, if it was actually Brendo's one, um the Perth Fit Fan one, and they and they sort of said, yeah, like having all this quality and and like um production value is really good, but people can sort of, they sort of know I'm being sold on something here. Whereas if it's like, you know, raw, and this is, they, they were just talking from like a camera and like content point of view. Um, they sort of said like, you know, some of the raw stuff is, and even like just the, the sketchy like live videos and stuff is actually, you know, getting a lot more traction and engagement now because people know that they're not re- really being sold, you know, when everything's just like clear cut and like perfect and like yeah. production value and sometimes... People get that's sort of like the equivalent of yeah. like what that script is yeah. and like I know when I've I've done them and I've just been like fuck I don't even believe half of this shit nah, it doesn't feel right does it so yeah yeah so yeah I've never I've, I've always tried to steer away from that yeah um, I, I, I tried to yeah. do that and it just didn't work for me just so. be yourself man because it'll shine Give, through eventually eh? and and the biggest thing like, I mean, people used to ask me hey, what do you do like what's and I was like actually give a shit you know yeah. like about the person that's coming in and yep. like get excited for them. That's like the the best advice I could ever give anyone being oh, a trainer. Oh no, it's oh, happened. <laughs> Far who out. Was it, who was it too? Fucking Ryan Dawson. Stop <laughs> texting me. Shit. Sorry. I was there just about go. to get something pretty deep. Then oh, as well, get right? deep, so, man. I'm so. Oh man, I stuffed it up already. Um. So where were we before Dawson texted me? He's still going. Give it a rest, mate. Send one. Um. So yeah, you, yeah, it's, it's definitely. I I think that, and, and I've said this to you before. That something that you do really well is connect with people and have that more. Um, and I'm trying to get there as well. Um, have more of like empathy for their situation. Yeah. And I think that's something that you really do well, and you can see that through, um, like your relationships with your clients. Yeah. Um, and everyone's going to be different. It would be silly for me to try and be exactly like you and vice versa but that's something that is a strength of yours I think and that's why um, you do have good really good relationships and long term relationships with your clients you know like they've made life decisions based on like your business decisions you know what I mean so they've 
like uproot themselves from a gym they might have been comfortable in. They know a heap of other people, and then you know you've you've made the steps to sort of progress your own business, and they've said like because of their relationship with you, they've said, well, we're going too. So that's it. Really, it does show through that like genuine uh, sort of empathy and you know understanding of your clients sort of gets reciprocated through them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It took me a long time to actually see that was the case. Oh, I'm but, still terrible at it. I'm just but, like, oh, just rip in, go hard and like, you Yeah, know? but you know, there, there's a time and place for that yeah, too. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I sometimes take the way you do things as well and see the value in that because sometimes I, I don't know, maybe you can be a little soft about things. Maybe it's yeah. probably why I've got more female clients. Making me sound like, clients, oh, so, making so. me sound like a hard ass, man. No, but it's a good hard <laughs> Like you give, a, you give the good um, kick up the bum when it's needed as well and I think it's... There's no uh, the one thing I always liked about you is there's just no bullshit. It's yeah. just it's straight up. This I think, is how it is. I think that's because I've seen most situations so much that like it's I can be pretty blunt with it sometimes because I'm like this is the answer that we need to get to. We don't need to pussyfoot around it yep. too much. As like this is like the actionable thing that you need to do. Yep. Um, and that sometimes people uh, need that little bit more like you know in between that little grey area and then like sort of you know hand fed a little bit whereas yeah. I'm just like you want what okay do that and a little bit I guess comes down to the personality yeah. as well you know the person that you know there's some people you just you know you have to be oh that's quite, exactly it that's exactly you know, it and back I've, off a little bit with the, with training more kids lately that's one thing I've, I've sort of noticed um, especially you know like teenagers and stuff like that sometimes you just got to be like oh shit it's not their day today like yeah. just hold back from that's them it. Yeah. Um, yeah I've got a new bunch coming in today that I'm like that is sort of that age as well. Like some of them are going to be real keen, some of them aren't. Yeah. And like you got to pick your pick your battles, sort of thing. Big time. Um, and that yeah, I think that's something that um, I'm growing towards, and I think that's probably something that you do really well. So from there, um, so you're working at Bailey's. Yep. Um, talk us through. So you got a bit of a client base there. Yeah. You, you're smashing it. Yeah, I got it. I think I won like a PT of the year award there. My PT year. of the year. Chuck yeah, it in your so Insta bio, brother. That's it. Yeah. I was pretty... Um, just write PT of the year in there and just don't have the year. But just leave it in there. That's it. Just ongoing. Just, well, basically I'm ongoing. Like I could have kept... I left after that, so... Oh, know, reigning so PT of the that's year. Right, you so. won't write it in your bio, bro. That's right, so... Um, and then from there, where'd you go, man? Uh, so then I moved down to Secret Harbour. Yep. Um, I had a good opportunity. I heard there was a gym down there. Always wanted to move down that way. I love the coast. Yep. Um, and, you know, obviously affordability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down for there sure. was cheaper. So I was like, um, yeah, as soon as I had the opportunity to go down there to train in the gym, I, I took it and um, started training at Anytime Fitness. Yep. Secret Harbour. Um, I was there for maybe two years as well. Yeah. A bit longer. And, um, yeah, and things went really, really good straight away there. There was no, uh, I went from training. Um, a gym that had about what twenty trainers, yeah, to a gym that had like maybe two or three, and most of them were part time. So, so I just, you're king dingling. I, I just took. I, I don't. I built a client base within about a month. It was yeah, just that easy. Yeah. Um, and things were flying and going really. Was really it well. brand? Were, were you there when it was like first opened? No, I was. I was probably six months to a year. Yeah. After it opened, but no one had they, no one had really made it their own. Just no, nah, no one really sort of people did. You know, there was good trainers there, but they were sort of. A lot yep. of them had other jobs they were doing and other things, and yep. um, no one was, you know, full time. All right, I'm just going to make this my, yep. my thing. So, so I, just, I just thought it was a good opportunity to get in and build a business. And um, I, I think I've got a pretty good name for myself around that area now. Yeah, definitely. Around that, especially in Secret Harbour. Like, like I just said, like with the guys that have come 
to Smiths from from there, yep. they've done it because of you. They yep. haven't done it because you know, like we've got a different focus or anything. Um, it's like they would have they would have seen it and been like, oh, that place looks alright, but like you you leaving would have would have been the catalyst for you know the handful that have come from any time like yeah. your clients and stuff that um and that's through your hard work like you put yeah. in the work to create a relationship with them and help them out yeah and that's why they have yeah, come across I was, so i was pretty blown away by that actually and to be fair man everybody like people come down and they know you like i see like everyone follows you like everyone that sort of inquires and stuff like you're you're following them on Instagram like they yeah. know you somehow. Yeah. Which is good, man. That's yeah. really good. That's probably another thing that you do really well that I need to start, you know, um, doing a little bit better as well. Sort of reaching out a little bit. Yeah. Um, that sort of thing to to those sort of those people that are on the fringe. Yeah. You seem to be able to um, create a relationship with them. Yep. And then again that gets reciprocated through you know joining in your challenges joining in your group stuff yeah coming becoming a client you know coming down and being a member and training under your mentorship that sort of stuff so yeah it's good yeah simple as just saying hey how, how you going how's your training going every you know with people that aren't even in the gym obviously so yeah people lose motivation pretty bloody quick so yeah you know I'm, I'm pretty big on that all the time so yeah see that's one thing that i don't I know I need to do, but I'm afraid that I'm just going to tell them to stop being a slack fuck <laughs> and really put my foot in it. Yeah. And yeah. then like the next message will be just be like, oh, don't worry about it, man. I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't know, like I need to be uh, a little bit more caring. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's, Lenny will bring it out of me, man. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. The, the kid, I think they do. They teach you a bit about patience yeah, and all that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. So. All right. Is this, oh, this podcast has just t- turned into a list of things that I need to work on. <laughs> is this a therapy session well, now? This will be interesting when you tell your story. Yeah, shit. Mate, you've been going for a fair while. Bloody right, 26 I, minutes. I have been... I think, oh, yeah, no, keep going, though. I'm, I reckon Laura, we can crack a couple of hours on this bad boy. I think Laura did say, just be careful. You know, she knows if I get on a rant, it, it, can, go, <laughs> it can go pretty fast. So. Um, anyway, so we're probably up to the point where me and you met. Um, yep. I'm surprised, like, we would have been in the same place at the same time beforehand. Skate parks. Yeah. Concert. We, um, we pretty much grew up, like, with this parallel lives. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty, like, <laughs> like fucking stepbrothers. We just become best friends. Yeah, uh, that pretty... sort of thing. So, yeah, me and Troy both, like, skated growing up, really into punk bands. Um, I went a little bit more hip-hop, and Troy went a little bit more emo, I think. Uh, <laughs> um, that's a bit of a jab there um, but yeah it's uh, we sort of started seeing the similarities and it's funny that powerlifting is really the thing that um, you know brought us brought us together and then yeah. you know you sort of made the decision oh, I want a place to train I think at that point it was um, like we were at Bakewell and then you sort of said you know I'm training when for those of you out there who aren't fitness professionals, training in your gym um, where you work isn't always the best thing yeah. because you get interrupted, you see things that are out of place, um, and it's just really hard to switch off because you are at work. So yeah. I think that was sort of part of the reason that you came down. That was because you. Yeah. Did we meet at a comp first? Oh, I think I actually. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think well, I we met did, you. But we did I, the same I, comp. I, no, I think my my missus when she she okay, did a, yeah. she did a comp. Because um, obviously she got into powerlifting before I did. Yep. Um, and you were at a comp. Yep, yep, yep. That, uh, she, was that, that, a she not, was was at, that at the old PTC? Yeah, it would have been at the old PTC then. And, um 
yeah, and that was that day inspired me, obviously. So, Miss is a big reason why I got into powerlifting. So, yep. she would love hearing that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I actually remember seeing the Smith team. And I actually remember just going, "This, this is a pretty cool gym." That would have been. Gotta... Who would that have been? I'm just trying to think. I know. Um, I know Steve was there. Steve. So yeah, that would have been even before Steve joined. Because Steve does a comp yeah, once every was a member then, once was every he? decade. Yeah. Steve does a comp, <laughs> and then is that one coming up this weekend? Yeah, too? it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that would have been before he even joined. So we would have been at the rugby club then. Yeah, right. Yeah, that would have been like November novice. Was it a November one? Oh, I couldn't remember. Shit, no, I'm trying to think because we had a team. There was like me and Jack and Karen did one. Yeah, that's right. I was, yeah, um, and then Ryan, um, who was training with us a little bit, did it as well. So there was like me, Jack, Karen, Ryan. Sally. Sally, yeah. Yep. Standard. Yeah. Yeah, so from that, okay. So it took you a so while actually, because that, that would have been a fair while My afterwards. kept pushing me. Um, a couple of the other trainers, at, um, Bailey's, that were into powerlifting were going, you've got to do it. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was so obsessed with my calisthenics stuff at that stage. Yeah. That I, did, I, was, I wasn't interested and I had troubles with my shoulders. Yeah. Um, from doing bad push-ups at boxing, I'd call it. That, um, yep. Standard. So I had lots of issues with that. And I, so, so I never could really bench press properly. I had yep. a lot of troubles benching. Um, so that was always my excuse. I thought, I can't bench press, I can't powerlift. So, yeah, man, I saw your last training session, though. So, and Can it's still, now. It's, oh, it's still got some room to improve, but it's definitely a lot better than what it was then. Yep. So, um, so after that, you sort of saw us, um, and then you realised, you know, we're just down the road sort of thing. Oh, uh, then... yeah. yeah. Obviously, I'm coached by Dan, Dan yep. Rucci. Uh, and I said, man, I'm getting a bit annoyed having to train at a commercial gym. I wish I could train with you guys here at PTC. Yeah. And he goes, why don't you go check out Smith's? I was like, oh, where are they based? And he's like, Dan Rucci, what a man. Yeah. Actually, uh, we just had a, us, um, so. one of Paul's clients um, just popped in yesterday as well um, through Paul's recommendation. So big shout out to Rucci's gym um, and those boys. So, we, yeah, we've been doing comps up there for four years, five. Yeah. I don't even know. Bloody, so Bloody amazing. I feel, I feel like comps. an OG sometimes because I lifted in their old gym and I think yeah. they had another one before that. Yeah, so I, that's, never, I never did the old gym. That's, so. o, that's double OG. Um, but yeah, the um, I did my first comp in, uh, well, the gym they had before this massive one that they've got now. So shout out to the boys for uh, sending people uh, our way. I know like I know Dan tries to get people to come from bloody like Margaret River to train at uh, at Ruchi's gym. He's like it's not that far. <laughs> I remember say, like he said come up and I was like he said people are coming from Mandarin. I was like what yeah. get out of it. But yeah. um, man, that you build it in in that regard you build it and they will come. So um, yeah, big shout out to those boys. I didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So Dan got us onto the um, yeah, and as soon as I heard it was just in Port Kennedy. I think I went in there that day. Sick. I was like, I'm going and seeing what this gym's about. Sick, sick, Walked sick. Walked in the place. I think Millencom was playing on yes. straight away. And I was like, you didn't have to say anything. I was sold <laughs> from that then that I was, you know, this is the gym for me. Just saw a whole a whole heap of free squat racks. And I went, oh my God. Yep. This is, uh, yeah, here we go. Well, that's so, it as well. Like, um, And like, I was taking some photos in the gym today. And I was like, man, there's not much else that we need in here. Like people say, like monolith and sh- like crazy shit like that. That's yeah. not necessary. Not, not, can... not necessary. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know we would like one. Um, I'd also like the six, seven grand in my bank. Yeah. Um, but uh, like that gym down there at Bakewell was the weirdest shape. It was seven meters wide. Like yeah. when I show you how wide it is, yeah. Like seven meters wide by like twenty-four meters. Yeah. So it's basically just a big hallway. Um, I'll talk. 
you wouldn't you haven't seen the rugby club gym that was even better um but yeah like seven meters wide big hallway and troy's come in and said like oh shit yeah this is a place and it just goes to show that difference in mentality because i know some people would come in and be like oh what's yeah. this place but you're just like oh fuck yeah yeah you know what i mean so it is like you know like uh that sort of um what would it be like playing it up for your customer sort of thing you know like you're going to attract different people with what you've got yeah um so like i want people that want to get strong yep want to you know want to lift heavy barbells so what do we got you know we got racks we got benches we got heavy barbells that sort of stuff so um it's good to hear that you know you walk in and that's your first impression but it just goes to show the difference between you know different people because some people will walk in and be like yeah man what's this yeah that's it yeah so from there um i'll take over a little bit yep um, so you started training in there. I'm not sure, um, like you obviously had your business and training at any time. And then I think I just sort of said like in passing, man, like if you want to train, actually, I remember you, you mentioned, oh, there's a few others that want to do some powerlifting. And I sort of said, yeah, um, yeah, man, bring them down. We can help them out. And you know, we've, we've got that more, um, like more of a powerlifting vibe and, uh, and more strength specific than, than a commercial gym. Um, so they started coming down and then you know, it made sense um, and it was such a, uh, I don't know, like just a natural progression to be like, if I was going to bring someone on, it would be someone like Troy. And the same thing happened with Laura as well, Yeah. Um, that it was like, you're already training here, so you're invested in it. And that's what I say about bringing someone else on. Yeah. If they're local, I'm like, well, where are you? Like, why aren't you training here if you're invested in this? Yeah. Like, why are you training somewhere else? And that's, you know, part of the reason like we have stayed, just us two or us three. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it just made sense to sort of tell Troy that hey man if like if you want to train people here that's cool um, there is obviously you know there might have been that lot of like little conflict of interest but in this industry man you gotta you gotta like put food on your table that's it that's that's the thing you can't um, sort of uh, you can't not everyone to you can't that's yeah that's it like yeah and and I know how how much of a hard time you had to make that big swap yeah. Um, just because you don't want to put people out, especially people that have, you know, like invested in you and given you time and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And probably no ma- mostly my clients as well. You yeah, well, say, that, hey, I'm just actually going down here. Yeah, now, that, so. that, that as well. Um, so, yeah, it, it did. I know it didn't come lightly for you, but it, it was just a really natural thing. Like, all right, yeah. there's people that you want to train. They want to train here. Um, like, why don't you just train them here? Yep. And that's pretty much as simple as it was, wasn't it? It was, it was yeah. just like, all right, man. Um, you know, treat this place like your own. Um, if you want to train people here, train people here. Yeah. And then, you know, it was sort of happening regularly enough. And now you're in the powerlifting world. You're attracting more people that want to get strong and want to lift in an environment more like ours. Yeah. And then, and again, naturally, it just sort of started switching over, didn't it? Yeah, so, that's it. That's exactly right. So. Um, to be fair, like that, that point, I know we, because you didn't sort of, I know you were training at the old gym and training people there, but then when we first made the um so we moved and then there was sort of that period where i was like oh i'm a little bit unsure and then you know you just sort of you know bit the bullet and said you know what nah let's go let's do it yeah um i think the new facility opening up was a a perfect time as well i thought this is great time and that we you know i could see that you were really wanting to push the business more and yeah um yeah and i just you know i think a couple of my clients that i was training there were 
you know, um, you know, Blaine and Laura that I was training, they're yep, always yep. big on me going, why don't you just be here full time? Yeah. You know, you can do it. And Thanks, Blaine and Laura. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> they're always bugging me about that. And um, uh, the, the thing is like going back to what I was saying, um, you do have to, in this industry, you do have to look out for yourself. You don't want to burn bridges. And I think that's why, like getting back to it, that's why it was hard for you to make that decision. Like you probably made it over like maybe six to eight months, man. Yeah, it would have been. Like from time. when you started, like yeah. it took you that long. It wasn't just like... Well, I was training like, you, just, yeah, three or dom as well, I think. Yeah. Um, I was still a uh, trainer at any time. That would have been over, what, six months or something? Probably, yeah. Still, so... So it wasn't like a, a snap decision. It wasn't like you saw these like the bright lights of like uh, like Smith's Fitness in like a powerlifting or or like that's it. This sort of gym facility um sort of way and didn't just go like oh yeah fuck off mate I'm over here now. Exactly. You yeah. sort of you, you did go through that process and you could sort of see that it was like on your brain a little bit and you know yeah. it took you a while to get to the point to say all right well this is where I want to go and you do have to in. In this industry, you do have to look out for number one without burning yep. your bridges. So yep. I think you did it, um, you know, the, uh, really yeah. the right way. When I look back at it now, I think I did it as best as I possibly yeah. could have. And it was, um, it's been a massive move for me as well because I feel like it's it's someone else else to have like input and bounce ideas off. Um, and it's not just, you know, I think I would get, with what I try and put into the programming and helping people out and yep. membership and marketing and everything else, and it makes it sound like I've got no free minutes, which if you ask Kelly, I definitely do. Um, but like, it just doesn't pull me as much because people can bounce ideas off you and you do it so yeah. naturally anyway. It's hardly like, it, it hardly bothers you because you're there and like people will ask you stuff and, and you'll give them their input and you love talking about it anyway. Yeah. So it's perfect for me because then I can, you know, fuck off and work on stupid Facebook ads and shit like that. And for me as well, like going over to Smith's was... Um, big thing was um, education as well. Yeah. Like I was at any time and I just sort of didn't feel like I was, there was, you know, even at Bailey's, I remember having other PTs that were very knowledgeable yep. and I could always just learn off. There was always something yep. and I felt like I was just flatlining and just, this is what I know. I'm not learning anything new. Yeah. Um, and obviously I knew with all your, you know, qualifications and all your experience that if I go over there, I'm probably going to oh, learn a hell of a lot more. So no, um, I think that's something we can do better to uh, both of us. Like yeah. this isn't just me. I think that's something we could do better. Um, and like uh, continuing education yeah. um, is something that I I do uh, a f- like bits and bobs of it. Yeah. But running the business and business side of things probably takes that time away so I definitely think we need to put aside like I spoke to you about the other day even if it's just me and you talking because I'm going to learn as much and you know back and forward off you Um, but I think the continuing education thing is um, is what we can do and even if it's us helping our our members and other PTs and stuff that's still going to help us with our continuing education sure you know so that's like these like workshops seminars all that sort of stuff it's stuff that you know can add to our business but it can also help us with our continuing education because we can bounce ideas off other people and learning from other people's uh, methods and processes helps you in that way as well. Yeah. Um, I'm when it comes to that, I'm not I'm not a big fan because some of that shit's pricey, man. To yeah. go for a weekend to watch like a powerlifter just like put up his openers in the gym and tell you how he benches like <laughs> that's nothing. Like I don't I can watch that on YouTube if I really need to. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. Take the next right to stay on that's me. Bro, what are you doing? Are you driving a car? What's going on? Um, yeah, so, sorry to get sidetracked with that, but that's just yeah my feeling when it comes to continuing education. I would rather um, 
you know, that sort of melting pot of ideas rather than just like, I'm going to go do this course and get like a certificate of some dude who just prints them out. Yeah. Because he said he's got a certificate now. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. But I think that's one thing that both of us can do a little bit better still um, and, and get into that continuing education well, you, you side get of things as well. pretty quick in this industry. Yeah. You're not learning too, don't you? So that's it. But I, I also so. feel like we're there in the trenches, so every day we're learning. Yeah, that's true you know what I mean. Well. Yeah. You might it might not be like um, per like not I wouldn't say purposeful, but it might not be like strategic. Like today I'm going to learn, but it like builds up over and time. That, that comes back from that level of care you have for your clients. That's it. Because if you have that care, if someone comes to you and goes, "I've got a problem with this or that," where it's an injury or uh, you know nutrition yeah. related, like the first thing I'll do is go home and yeah, let's start looking it up and, and, start and yeah, Googling, you know. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's well, I, I was doing that this morning for one of our topics. If we get to it. It's been a, we're, we're going all right, mate. 40 how minutes. Long? Jesus. 40 minutes just Jesus. on me. Jesus Christ. Um, I wonder so, how many have dropped off. Yeah, so like, like I'll, I'll, look, I'll start looking up intermittent fasting just like yeah. for one of our topics later on. Like, I'm not going to talk too much about it. Yeah. But, um, you know, so there's like that could be looked at as continuing education as well. I don't get any points yeah, from any it. like um, certification board or anything like that. But uh, like ESSA doesn't say, oh, sweet, you got points now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's still me learning. That's so, it. you know, yeah, I, I, I went and read, albeit abstracts, don't, people, unless you're at university being a researcher, don't act like you don't just read the abstracts and the conclusions, all right? <laughs> That's basically it. That's um, it. So, yeah, I've read a few of them and I'm like, all right, sweet. Sort of get the crux of, like, the, you know, the research on intermittent fasting or what most of it's pointing towards, that sort of stuff. So, yep. again, that's like a little bit of continuing education. Anyway. Yep. Is that pretty much, so you're now, Troy's gone from graduating, Yep. Morley, Bailey's Fitness, Anytime Fitness, Secret Harbor, Smith's Fitness now, um, that's basically the, that's the, the story. Yep, and that's where I'm at today, and obviously... Smashing it. Yeah, things are going pretty well. Group think, sessions, so. powerlifters, yeah. um, complete beginners, athletes... That's the one. Yeah, Sweet. I've got a mixture of everything that I wanted, so... Perfect, man. Can't complain. Perfect. That only took you 50, uh, 43 minutes. Jesus, that's... Bro. That's a lot. Shit. That's a lot. Nah, all good. Wait, we're going to drop... They're going to go like, oh, yeah, podcast. And we're going to drop like a three-hour one on them and just be like, what? Yeah. Well, all the <laughs> Listen to it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, I'll... Um, fuck, let me take over. Yeah, yeah, tell us... Tell us your story. Um, so, from, from about, uh, well, since I was a kid, I always wanted to play rugby. Um, originally, I wanted to play rugby league for Australia. That was the goal from when I was like six. Um, so, everything was just rugby, 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 rugby. Yeah. Um, from rugby, obviously, you know, you start training, you're lifting weights, you want to get fit. Um, from the age of probably... 12, 13, I was training seriously, um, like taking, you know, like training rugby, like honing my skills, doing fitness and um, like as much gym stuff as I could. And I'll get back. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and remember to get back to the um, like our first gym equipments because I, I want to talk about that for a little bit. Um, so, yeah, training for rugby. Um, Mum and dad bought me like a, yeah, like a, a multi bench sort of thing. So doing a little bit at home. And then started making uh, like the WA teams for rugby union. I'd switched over when I was about 14. Uh, me and my mate Duds played both, and then we started making rep teams. Um, so after so 14, 15, just training, doing a lot of long distance running, which is probably not the way to go about it, but that's how I did it back then. 
um, didn't quite know all my sports science principles. Um, so then from uh, 15 and 16, I actually trained at the um, through the Rugby WA Academy. Um, this is before the Western Force was around, so it makes me feel really old. Um, so Rugby WA Academy, we weren't a waste uh, recognized sport, but they let us use their gym. So we trained up at Perry Lakes. We did our like field stuff and then we'd like run across and legit like hurry up, get there. So it was like rugby training, like 1500 meter max effort, run to waste gym. And then like, that's where we started, you know, squatting, leg pressing, introduction to Olympic lifting, um, all at the old, um, Institute of Sport. Um, like gym underneath Challenge Stadium there. So you got a good like 12, 13 years weight oh, training dude. on top of dude. that. Dude, so <laughs> like it, when I say that, like it works both ways. I'm like, I've been lifting weights since how long? And then it's like, why are you so fucking weak then? <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, so it was all for rugby. Um, so I trained there under 15s and 16s. Um, then there was a year off. So I'm still training, um, sort of took the principles that I'd been, that I'd been taught at WACE um, through some really good strength coaches. Um, and uh, I hadn't really peaked, it hadn't really piqued my interest that that's what I wanted to do because I still just wanted to play rugby. Yeah. Like, even like, you know, that carried on forever, really. Um, so just training hard for rugby, trying to be the best player I can be. Um, I know, I think after I did that, so 15s, 16s, and then after that, there was a couple of years break um, and I started training, uh, I think it was either at home, a little bit of aqua jetty, and then me and Duds and Dawes, um, my two best mates and teammates, um, went to train at Olympi Fit, which is Where's Bob's that? place. And he had the fucking sickest gym. Yeah. Um, it was like uh, behind uh, Dixon Road, like uh, opposite, like behind Colby there. Yeah, right. So like Colby and then behind Dixon Road. So like dingy as, it was probably like five meters by like eight meters, if I can remember right. Like two platforms. And it was just Olympic lifting. Like we were there for rugby and he was basically trying to turn us into Olympic lifters. Nice. But there's some of the sickest sessions. Um, and I know Bob's still training heaps of Olympic lifters. And he's a bit of a OG when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Bob. I remember doing heaps of shrugs. He actually used to let us bench press and all the weightlifters were real jealous because they weren't allowed to bench press because yeah. they're all like competing uh, ollie lifters. Yep. So we did that for a little bit. Um, Obviously, going through school at this time, I sort of uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do. I th- I originally wanted to go um, and do physiotherapy, um, just because like that it's a profession that I, like as trying to be an athlete, you, like I'll deal with physios. Yeah. Like they would like I've got a sore this that come and you know so I thought oh do what this dude's doing. Yeah. Um. So I decided you know I did my TE uh, back then. What's it called now? ATAR. I have no idea now. TE. So I did TE. Um, I was still like training in the rugby academies and and state teams and stuff. So school for me, I wouldn't say it was easy, but like I definitely didn't apply myself because I just had heaps of, I was just training heaps, man. Like uh, I I still have it these days and I make jokes about it. Like I always have to reheat my dinner. Yeah. Like even when I was a kid, it was like, AJ's home from training. Like your dinner's there is like reheat it. And it's definitely PT life for sure. Um, So yeah, I was had heaps of other stuff to do, um, just trying to ball out basically, like do everything like athletically. So at school, you know, playing first fifteen rugby, going on tours, trying to play. I was playing cricket as well, trying to 
glad I gave that up. Um, <laughs> trying to play cricket. Cricket was the one that just takes up Dude, way so too much, much time. so much time, bro. <laughs> when you're batting six and not bowling, you yeah. just give it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just trying to do everything. But I like, managed to get a, a decent TE score, but not enough to go into physio. So I think my second preference was exercise science or exercise and health science at UWA. So I got into that, um, went and started doing that. I did three semesters. Um, and I know, like, I remember back then it was just all, everyone knew each other. And then I was just like, oh, I'm from Colby in Rockingham. And like, I knew like one dude that I played rugby with and they were all like, you know, like chummy private school dudes and yeah, like right. all the dudes knew each other, all the girls knew each other. They all knew each other. And then I was just there like, oh, hey man, like just fucking, you go from having heat. Like I just went from having heaps of friends at school, um, to like going to uni and just being like cool man like yeah. none of my mates went to uh uwa i think that's the difference with you growing I, up in that you i was know, in rocco yeah man i was just like oh fuck. all right so i'm i'm you know training up there as well so we were training like with the force academy i was up there four days a week so i'd go to like lectures in the morning and then i'd just like fucking sit around or like just take my basketball up go shoot basketball until training started yeah. and then i'm training my ass off from like 4 30 to like 7 like field session weight session and I'd drive home with the boys, like the other boys from Rocky that were in the academy. Yeah. Um, so there was a bit of that for three three semesters, so half my degree. After that, um, the yeah, the Force Academy stuff was going really well. Started playing Premier Grade, all that sort of stuff, and then got the cut from Force Academy. Um, that's probably like one of the harshest things that I went through because we went from you know, we were the inaugural Western Force Academy yeah, right. um, from that. So we were training up there, you know, like strength and conditioning coaches. There's wallabies in the first team. We're like 18, 19, I think it was, um, training there. And like, fuck, we just thought we were the shit, man. Like, yeah. I, I, like, I look back and I was like, yeah, I put in heaps of hard work and it, me- it meant so much for me. But it was like, um, we, there was like just a sense of entitlement because we were like the first the first juniors in the academy. Yeah. You know, there's a super rugby team in Perth now. Um, so, like, it all came crashing down when they were like, oh, yeah, you're not in the academy next year. So, for me, it was, like, my goal, you know, like, rise through the ranks. You know, like, you're in the academy, so what are you, like, maybe fifth in line? Yeah. So, you got, like, two players in the first team, one guy that's not in the, that doesn't make the squad, the play, uh, the match day squad, and then, like, two in the academy. So, I'm thinking, all right, got, you know, three or four dudes to get above to start playing better then this yeah. is just like you know um entitled kids sort of thinking just got to get better than them i'll be a professional rugby player so heaps of hard work heaps of training um i learned heaps in that regard from vince kelly who's actually um he's gone like a, a massive you know he's built a massive career in um strength and conditioning so he went from western force to the rabbitos i think uh to brisbane broncos and now he's yeah. like i think he's lecturing hope I'm not getting this wrong. I think he's lecturing at um, UQ now. So he was our strength and conditioning coach. Yep. So I learned heaps off him. And I really remember telling him one day I wanted to be a physio. And he goes, oh, why don't you get into strength and conditioning? And I was like, oh, nah. And now I wish like back then that I sort of had my strength and conditioning coach hat on. Because yeah. I would have just been like, oi, I'll just come and work. Like, I should have just been working for him. Should have okay. done. I sort of did my internship without doing it if you know what I mean like I wish I was just like oh I'm going to come up early can we like just go through why we're doing this and why we're doing that but I was like entitled athlete you know what I mean yeah. so I'm turn up do my gym work you know play on the weekend and that sort of thing anyway 
got got cut from that after three semesters of uni. Me and one of the other boys that got cut, we went and um, we went to the UK. Um, this is pretty much life story, by the way, if you haven't noticed. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> um, so I went to the UK. So I haven't got my degree yet. So I've, I've done nothing in nothing in the fitness industry. I just know that. I've started exercise science, yep. um, which I can talk about as well. Um, started exercise science, got to finish it, still trying to be like pro rugby player. So we went to England, um, played a bit of rugby there, probably where I grew up a little bit as well. You know, um, So just you and, you, you and your mate? Like, yeah, me and my mate. Over? Oh, dude, there's so many stories out of this. Um, yeah, went over How with... How old were you then? Uh, 19. So me and Benny went over. Um, shout out to Benny Lindegaard. Uh, I've been playing rugby against him since I was like seven. So we played rugby league and then like rugby union, made the academy and then decided to go to um, to England together. We stayed on, um, he, what did he, did he sleep on a blow up mattress? I think I slept, I slept on a futon and he had a mattress on the floor in his you, grandma's you, you front room. You won that one then, so. Yeah, something like that. But I don't think the futon was long enough, man. It was, it was weird, but that's how we like, we lived like that for maybe four months. Yeah. Um, and then I think his grandma was a little bit like, oh, pay us rent or like you can't like stop staying here yeah. and we you know like that was when like two 19 year olds you're in england so like we'd come in a little bit late or early depending <laughs> on which way you want to do it and that sort of stuff so um yeah we just stayed in his grandma's and i think his grandma got a bit like wait get out aj um so i decided to um yeah when i moved down to bournemouth um uh with some dudes that i met through a mutual friend that we spent Christmas together and they said, oh man, if you need a team to play for, just come down and play for us. Yeah. So I just got on the train and just like cruised down to Bournemouth, turned up a rugby club, um, lived in the rugby club with, man, this is like a motley crew, bro, South African, uh, Kiwi uh, and a Romanian. They're up. They all had bedrooms. I slept in the living room um, on a fold-out mattress, a fold-out couch. So I went from futon on the floor in Benny's grandma's room to... Uh, fold out uh, couch above the it's rugby club o- Oak Medians Rugby Club fucking awesome rugby club loved my time there that was awesome and then I sort of said you know this isn't going anywhere like they were in like bumfuck league like yeah. it wasn't good rugby um, and I saw I'll go home and enroll back in uni finish my degree Yeah, that sort of thing so eventually came home um, you know I'd done like I say a lot of growing up that means sort of like started drinking beer and going out basically, <laughs> basically yeah. yeah so um, I actually got back and enrolled. So I'd done three semesters at, at UWA. I got back and enrolled at Notre Dame because uh, two of my mates were there uh, and it was closer. And Because this is before the train came to Rockingham that long ago. Yeah. I sound Glad ancient, hey? I'm only 32. I sound ancient. So I had to drive basically to UWA or to Coburn and then get on the train. So I was like, oh, I'll just go to Notre Dame and like transfer all my credits and just do my degree at Notre Dame. Went to Notre Dame, they make you do all this extracurricular stuff, so like all these other units, and I didn't pass them because I'd, you know, started going out too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, at this time, working as a Brickies labourer, but we'll get back into that later if we've got oh, time. Jobs, yeah. um, and then, uh, so what happened after that? After that semester, I think I passed like two out of the five units I was doing, which, and they're all stuff that wouldn't like transfer anyway, so it was basically a waste of time yeah. for a semester. And then uh, went to Queensland. So um, University of Queensland rang us up and was like, oh, we want you to come and play scrum half. Um, and I was like, oh, sick. This is awesome. Go play premier grade in Queensland, which is obviously better than Perth. Yeah. Um, so I went over there and um, that was a bit of a baptism of fire. Still like the hardest rugby that I played. Um, 
it was, you know, I turned up and I ran a 10 in the beep and I'm, as a scrum half, probably, uh, well, need to be the fittest in the team. Yeah. Um, ran a 10 in the beep. So I beat like a handful of dudes and they were just like, mate, if you want to play premier grade here, you're going to have to get fitter. So back on those 5Kers and stuff, you know, all the running started coming back into it. Um, that was part of like UQ had like their own like private rugby academy as well. So I was in that with um, a bunch of younger dudes and um, and sort of other other grade players that they were trying to bring up. And there's a few from there that are actually like had long careers now already yeah, right. um, that, are, that are playing super rugby and even international level that have come through that. That was sort of like three or four years younger than me. Um, so we had like weight sessions, um, like two or three times a week, field-based sessions. So it's sort of like that semi-professional, you're doing heaps of other stuff, yeah. um, rugby-related stuff. Um, I actually enrolled at UQ as well, um, yep. so University of Queensland. I was playing for their team, um, which is sort of separate from the university. Um, so I, I enrolled and I was like, oh, sweet, I'll just transfer everything over. But I actually, I didn't end up going. Um, and I think it was something to do with the fees were just like so much more than like UWA and we're just a yeah, bit like, wow. oh, what's going on here? And then they wouldn't let me transfer heaps of credits. So it just like ended up being a bit of like, oh, I'll just get a job and just play rugby then. Yeah. So eventually I came back, that was, uh, I think I turned 21 when I was over there. So I came back and I finished, so I came back and my whole thing for coming back, so I've got to finish this degree. So I ended up finishing the degree um, and then before they said like, oh yeah, you've passed everything, you've got the degree, I was already back in England again Yeah, right. with my two um, mates, Duds and Dorse, that idiot that just texts me a thousand times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we went over there and I actually, while this was happening, I actually, I think I registered Smith's Fitness as a business when I was about, shit, I think I was 21, man. And I like had no clients. I just registered as a business and was like, I'm going to be a PT. Yeah. And then was just like. At 21. That's something like that. I just right. sat on it for ages. Yeah, right. I think that was when I did. Register you're, it. You're lucky you got that name though, eh? like Smith's Fitness Life. Oh, I was, could never use my last name as a, as a gym. It just, just doesn't sound good. Oh, you, dude, just Smith's just, Fitness didn't sound good when I first yeah, said it, but I now it's just it becomes like it just becomes its own thing. Like when I was like Smith's Fitness, like, so Smith's Fitness, like it was like a yeah. mouthful sort of thing. But now it just sort of rolls off the tongue. Yeah, dude, when I first came up with it, and I had this weird like I think I used fucking coral draw. I sound ancient, like to make like this weird like bodybuilder I wasn't even into bodybuilding like this weird like bodybuilder logo yeah. with like uh, that I thought was fucking mad I wish I could find it as well it yeah. was so shit um, and these like these terrible I think I like, might have even printed fucking um, business cards on like paper and like I had no like I didn't even, it wasn't a thing I just registered the name and that was it yeah. and then eventually I was off in England so I went back to, to play some more rugby and travel um, but they were like yeah you passed your degree sweet so I didn't go to graduation or anything like that at uni. Um, so that was a three-year exercise science degree. Still haven't done anything in the world of fitness, like yeah. as a career, like apart from... Oh, yeah, I would have thought you would have been doing these things the whole way across, man. I didn't know that you were actually... Nah, man, like it took ages because just studying, like working on jobs like, we, like we're going to talk about. But it was like, yeah, just only had been involved as an athlete yeah. or training myself. Like that was never a problem. Like I said, from the age of God knows what, I just want to play rugby. So I was always training, being fitter, being stronger. It's always going to help. Um, so still hadn't done anything. When I got to uh, to England, it was like, um, again, we started working shitty jobs. We'll go over. But um, 
when I started getting over that towards like the second year. So I was in England for two years or like 18 months this time um, playing for Durham. Um, and yeah, I one of the boys was like, oh, you can come and do some PT for me. So I was doing like maybe four sessions a week PT. Yeah. Like real basic. I'd hate to see the programs that I was writing for people oh, if I was even... Oh, your first programs. Yeah, like, terrible. Yeah. Um, and then I think I did a bit of front desk work um, at one of the other gyms as well and a little bit of coaching too. So like um, with some rugby teams and stuff like that where I'd use like sports, like, you know, the stuff you'd learn at uni through your exercise science degree and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. I did a little bit then, but I was it was barely like making ends meet. The good thing was I wasn't paying rent. The rugby yeah. club had a house that they were sorting out for us. So it was all just like beer and travel money. Yeah, yeah. Um, so coming back from that, the, the funny thing is, so I've got a three-year degree in exercise science that does not give you a job. Like that's one of the things I could talk about forever. Three-year exercise science degree very hard to get a job like we all yeah. thought i'll just go work for the eagles yeah it's like yeah cool man stay at uni 10 more years get a phd that's it and then send us your resume we might look at it sort of thing which i could speak about forever but um so as it got way too cold for me in england i was like i'm gonna go home um duds and Dorset had already come back um and we weren't gonna like it was never we were never gonna stay there forever um, so 18 months, like two seasons, I came back just before Christmas. Um, and I thought I'm going to enroll in uni and do my fourth year in exercise rehabilitation. Yeah. Um, it used to be a grad dip, but it ended up actually being a second bachelor's. So you finish your three years. Well, I did anyway. I finished my three years. I got a bachelor's in exercise and health science. Um, like I said, unless you're employing yourself, pretty hard to get a job with that degree. Yeah. Now, you add the fourth year on, and now you're accredited as an exercise physiologist, um, which I could talk about what they actually do for ages, but I'm not going to. Um, it's basically a, another allied health professional. So, chiro, physio, exercise physiologist, yeah. podiatrist, all the same I sort of... I thought the physiologist, you would get more, like, job opportunities the next, um, than, um, sorry, um, what do you call it? Yeah, your first degree? Like oh, yeah. So, the, degree, yeah, sorry. sports science degrees like... So you, you could start that and a lot of people would start it and then go and do their grad dip and become a PE teacher, yeah. which would still be mad. It'd be fucking sick that working at school. That was my dream job, actually. Yeah, that was, that was in there. And yeah. to be fair, it still could be. Like, it'd be a great lifestyle if me yeah. and Kelly were both teachers. Yeah. You know. Get to come it, home at 3 o'clock every day. Yeah, so. that sort of shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the fourth year was to like, all right, going to make a career out of it and actually make use of the three years that I'd already done. Yeah. So I did the fourth year. It was uh, exercise rehabilitation, and then from there you become accredited through Exercise and Sports Science Australia, ESSA, who does your accreditation. Basically, takes six seven hundred bucks off me a year. Um, but the good thing is you, you you know you're accredited and you can actually use it to give Medicare rebates all that sort of stuff. So yep. you're an allied health professional. Yeah. Um, so after that, I finished that. Um, I think I only did one interview. One interview and I got a job as exercise physiologist. Sick job, awesome crew, even better bosses, pay, yeah. fuck all. Yeah. I was just like, what? This is only half, right? And they're like, nah, that's your annual salary. And I was just like, wait, what? Yeah, right. I was just like, oh, that's loose. Like it was just, it it was just not much at all um, for probably, you know, you feel entitled again. You come out, you got four year degree and you're like, Yo, shit man like 
it's, it's just not it wasn't paying for anything put it that way yeah, yeah. to start with obviously there's like room to build and like you know like each year they would increase it but it was still just like shit man we're starting pretty low here yeah um the other thing with that is a lot of so where i worked and where a lot of the exercise physiology uh exercise physiologists such a mouthful um will actually work is um what what are they called like health health checks so like for people going to mine sites and stuff yeah so you do their range of motion you do a step test so there'll be like Perth is like the mecca for it, obviously. So all the guys that work FIFO would go through like all these physicals and we would do those physicals, but we would do slight variations of the same physical, like five to eight times a day. Yeah, right. The same 45 minutes. So we would do, we would do blood pressure. We do eyesight. We do their audiometry tests. This is all getting handballed to exercise physiologists because they can pay us less than they could pay a nurse. Yeah, right. We don't have a union, you know, all that sort of stuff. So they're paying us to do stuff that really a nurse should do. Yeah. Like we're exercise physiologists. We shouldn't, like we're doing lung function tests. It's starting to sort of like push the boundaries of what we're supposed to do. Drug and alcohol tests. Yeah, right. Not cool. Don't want to do that shit yeah. ever. Um, so like I'm, I'm f- done four years of exercise science, exercise rehab, and then I'm doing that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then I'm doing like the physical stuff. But dudes don't want to be there anyway. So you're doing a step test. What do we got to do this shit for? I just drive a truck. Yeah, I was like, yeah. no, you're not wrong, mate. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Um, saying that, that's that's not a blight on like the place that I work. Like ReadyMed was awesome, man. I loved it. Like yeah. the crew there was sick. Um, and like I said, the bosses were awesome as well. Um, so we did a little bit of rehab there, but it wasn't like um, we didn't do heaps. So, and the rehab that we did do wasn't really up my alley anyway. Because it was like, you know, you'd go and meet someone at, say, like I did a bit at Aqua Jetty, and like, you just get dudes that were on workers' comp, they don't want to be there, they think you're a dickhead, you see them once a week, and then their lifestyle for the rest of the week is shit house anyway. Yeah. So you're trying to, like, fix an injury or give them, you know, do their rehab protocol and and, and everything, and just there's just no buy-in. And, yeah. like, you can't, you can't just, you can't build that with, like, a 45 minute session once a fortnight or once a week yeah that's it that like their insurers are paying for and all that sort of stuff so for me I was like I don't really want to do this long term like there was definitely progression within the business and I started actually they gave me freedom I started running group sessions with the like within ReadyMed so like for all the workers after work all that sort of stuff like I sort of um, steered that ship myself like I was doing some park stuff anyway and I was like alright sweet like can I do a boot camp after work? Who's in? And like, they said, yeah, we can count that as like, you know, you finish at six. Yeah, right. And that last hour you're doing boot camp, you're getting paid for it. Like just your hourly rate, uh, wage. And that, and that's, that sort of thing was like really like encouraging for me and it sort of made me want to stay there a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, while this was going on, I was actually, at some point I was working for HBF doing health checks as well uh, with my mate Max who was like ex-phys there. Um, and uh, in my last year of rehab, I was doing um, the like fitness in the park stuff, but we did the very first ones on oh, the, the, the free ones. That yeah, the free ones. Yeah. Um, and I, that's gonna I'm gonna get back to that as well. So 
in my last year of uni, before I got this job, I was doing some work with HBF health checks, like blood pressure, blood glucose, that sort of stuff. Yep. Every now and then, just while I was going through uni, and we started doing the um, the fitness in the park stuff at the Esplanade, like just below the city oh, there, yeah. where it used to be the big park before they put Victoria Key in there. Yep. Fucking feeling old again. Um, so yeah, I was doing that with Max in my last year of uni, and then I got the ex-phys job. I worked at the ex-phys job for probably 18 months, um, and then someone put it in my head or Kelly said something like, Oh, go and travel and like, like let's go and travel sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I was still playing rugby at this time. Um, sort of hadn't given up the dream of playing rugby, but it was like, but you're not picked up at sort of like 23, 24. It's going to be a, it's, it's tough a tough game. gig. Um, so I just went on, um, I actually sort of, I wouldn't say he's an agent, but there's like a, there's companies that do like rugby um, contracts, like a team's looking for a certain player, the, this company will sort of match them up. Sort yeah. of like Tinder, basically, yeah, right. <laughs> um, for rugby left, clubs. Right. Um, yeah, so they'll go, they'll just say like they need a scrum half yeah. and then like you put your resume in there. So I put my resume in like, you know, yeah, rugby right. WA, state team, you know, uh, Western Force Academy, UQ, uh, Queensland Premier Grade, all that sort of stuff, put that in. And they said, oh yeah, sweet come over and this is Darlington so back up to where I was with the boys yep. um, similar area northeast England so we packed up everything um, basically just put the house in storage uh, rented out the house uh, and then I went over like September um, so I finished up my job um, at ReadyMed went over in September started playing rugby uh, in Darlington Kelly came over once the school year finished in December um, yep. so this stage I've worked some some with HBF and exercise physiologist. Yeah. Um, so I got to, so this is where it starts to kick off as an actual like personal trainer, strength coach sort of thing. So I got to um, Darlington, started applying for jobs and they're all like, oh man, England is like the mecca for like the fucking just commercial gyms. Yeah. Just wow. like, so the one I worked in was Lifestyle Fitness. Again, mad crew, but the just the commercial gyms are like just exactly what you think of what a commercial gym like there's just so many of them there's like fucking snap and ba- uh, Ballantines, Ballantines or something just health yeah just health clubs yeah. and the members man I don't know if it's an English thing but it's just I think it, they just fucking move in bro they just like try and live there yeah right yeah um, so that was yeah a little bit off the point but um, started applying for jobs so I was working well I, I was playing rugby and I was getting paid for it and didn't have rent to pay so call it semi-professional like you're not making a living or I wasn't on what I was getting paid um, and it's sort of per game sort of thing Um, so if you're injured or you're not picked you don't get paid um, but you don't have any expenses so I'm not paying rent Um, they wouldn't sort us out with a car which was pretty shit a bit dirty at the time so I had like got this whole sick old treadley Um, but uh, yeah so no bills nothing like that so I was like I'll get a job because you know for only really training two, three times a week and playing a game still. Yeah. So it's a sort of half semi-professional setup sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I ended up getting a job um, at Lifestyle Fitness in Middlesbrough, which is probably about 40 minutes away. So I just rode my bike, caught the train um, into Middlesbrough from Darlington to Middlesbrough, and I started training people out of that. Yeah. So this is where basically I could have started the story. Um, anyway. So that's, how old were you at this point then? I was 20, probably 23, 24. Yeah. Yeah, so um, fuck, it seems ages ago now. 
when I first got to Darlington. I don't know, it might even been older than that, man. Maybe even older, maybe maybe 25. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say probably 25. So, so are you whatever PTing we, as well? Is it whatever. Like, so I started PTing over there. Yeah. Um, I hadn't really actually had PT qualifications. Yeah. Like I never did, I never did like um, Cert 3 and 4. Okay. I was just like, I've got a degree, like fucking write it off. So Fitness Australia were like, oh yeah, sweet. You basically like, we'll, like, we'll, we'll give you it. Yeah. Sort of yeah, thing. Right. So I just said, yeah, I'm qualified. And in England, they didn't really care. Yeah. Like, they just, oh, he's got Australian qualifications. As long as I had, like, their insurance, yep. it was all good. Um, which I don't think I even paid for, actually, to be fair. Um, so I started PTing, um, and it was the same sort of thing. Like you mentioned, you get so many people. Like, it was a brand-new gym as well. Yeah. So we were, we all had business, some of us better than others, and there's still guys there now crushing it. Yeah, like, right. just, yeah, that are just running there, like, still running. Same, like, rent scheme, like, the salary um, as well? Or? Yeah, what was it? It wasn't too bad. But like we, yeah, we paid rent per PT session that we did. Yep. And then we did a few contact hours. I took, I think two, four hour shifts that we had to just sort of, I think I took a spin class. Terrible. Nice. Mate, oh, I man, cut I'd them. I'd love to see you do it. Dude, they class, started yeah. as like an hour and then it was just, it turned into like 25 minutes of me listening to Aussie tunes in a dark room pedaling a bike. Oh, eh? that's awesome. Yeah. That's I, and then, because I had to finish... I love how they get the lights off. I had, to, I had to finish a spin class and then fucking ride home. It was brutal. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, like rent scheme sort of thing. And then it was like leads and stuff like that. And and that's was sort of my introduction to like gym floor PTing. Like I'd done a tiny bit, like I said, when I yeah. was in Durham, a tiny bit, like a handful of sessions a week, but it was never like a job. Um, the the second time I was in England, um, it was never really a job. And then this time it was actually like a job. So I was there, I was in the gym, you know, like six hours a day, eight hours a day, that sort of thing and playing rugby as well. So yeah. it was good that I didn't have bills, was getting paid for rugby because it didn't put heaps of pressure on me yeah. to really like have to crush it. And in the, at the end of the day, I knew I was going to be going home yeah. anyway. Um, so started building up clients, um, you know, as busy as I sort of needed to be or wanted to be. And for me, the same thing was like just training. So I'd, like, I obviously had the Aussie accent and, you know, I was a little bit different to everyone. So, um, you know, I just sort of attracted clients that way. Yeah. Um, we had the whole script and spiel and like intro session and yeah, like right. the real salesy part of it. And like the, the manager... Um, was he manager or whatever it like the guy higher up than me yeah. um, would sort of like give me um, oh here's all these uh, phone numbers and I was like what do you want me to do with these bro he's like I just call them up it's like fucking not happening man. no chance eh? fuck no I, like just I just call them and like basically try and sell them PT yeah like come down to the gym like because these are people that had like registered interest or they were members that hadn't been in and stuff like that. I was just like, nah, man, I can't do it. Yeah. So like my whole thing was like, I'm just going to train hard. People are going to see me training hard. They know I'm playing rugby at a good level down the road. Like I'll attract it's, people that way. Yeah. And that's sort of uh, what I did. But I, me- I remember doing this, the, the spiel and stuff and the like area manager or national manager was a fucking numpty. And I remember he tried to like put in all his like little theories into our stuff. Like he was like, lemon water this and all that and it was like trying to make us put it into like the script and stuff yeah, right. and I was just like ah oh, not having it man like yeah. it, it just was shit to me so I didn't really like that part of it but again like I said it let 
it gave me exposure to it. So now, so now I'm learning about it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, fuck man, hour fifteen, what, crushing what, it. What the whole thing? No, so whole far. thing, whole thing so far. That's, um, that's good. So yeah, PT in there, and then uh, yeah, I finished my. Well, I forgot to mention this. While I was at ReadyMed, decided it wasn't. You know, I didn't want to keep doing the ex-fizz stuff, so I decided to do my masters in strength and conditioning. Yeah. So I'm doing my masters part like while I'm working at ReadyMed, and then a part of the way. Uh, into that trip yeah actually I did it all the time I was in Darlington and then we went traveling and I even had to uh, do a couple of assessments while we were in Europe me and Kelly so Kelly had come over I was doing PT and playing rugby studying for my masters um, externally and then we went like the whole reason we went over was play rugby and then sort of like do a trip around Europe yeah so doing a trip around Europe and I actually had to like put in my last couple of assessments for my masters. Yeah, right. And then like when I got back it was like, You've done your masters, sweet. Got a masters in strength and conditioning. And now I'm like, sweet, now I'm definitely just gonna go and get a, a job in pro sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely doesn't work that way again. So we learned from that. Um that that actual um course though was like right up my alley. That was just everything that you would want. Yeah. Like, so it's going over powerlifting, it's going over weightlifting, um, it's periodization, it's just everything that you wanted. And for me, I feel like the exercise science degree really yeah. lost out and should have parts of that already in it. Yeah. And I'm sure maybe now it does, because this is a while ago, but the masters at ECU um, that um, Dr. Huff um, takes, and he's like the course coordinator, is just like, I love the day. It was just right up my alley for where I was as a rugby player, you're learning, you know, uh, like conditioning protocols, you know, um, like advanced resistance training. You're doing bioenergetics, biomechanics. Yep. It was just right up my alley. But again, in Australia, and like I said, we've talked about this for ages, um, if we're not already, um, like it's hard to get another job. You've got to, it's, it's you've got to know people. I'm with the S&C role, yeah, you got to know certain You've got to know people. You've got to be a, do a, a past, free work a past pro athlete, do a lot of free work, yeah. that sort of thing. So I've got the masters. We're finished traveling. I come home. All right, sick. Um, start applying for basically the same ex-phys jobs and S&C jobs that yeah. I could, but there's not many S&C jobs. Yeah. Like... September, November, there might be a handful from dudes getting basically booted from AFL, NRL, Super Rugby. Actually, I don't think I've applied for a Super Rugby one, but AFL, NRL, yeah, um, some waffle, sample, that sort of stuff. Um, but very few and far between. So applying for those, not hearing anything back. Applying for sort of ex fizz jobs that I probably could have got, but I didn't really want them anyway. Yep. So while this is all going on, um, I started doing boot camps. Um, just at the park down in Harrington Waters. Um, bought a squat rack and, and had it in the garage, or I think I might have had it before, but put it back in the garage um, and just started like sort of putting my feelers out there for PT, ads on Gumtree, who wants to come and train, that sort of stuff. And actually got, you know, a bit of traction with it. Yeah, right. Um, so this was probably like June, July, maybe August we got back. And then the HPF stuff had grown like I'd started it back uh, back in the day with Max like years beforehand and it started you know it spread out and now they do it all over the city yeah so it wasn't just it was just Esplanade to start with and now it's like everywhere so they did the rocky ones as well yeah. and Max actually said like oh you want to do this man so I was like sweet so I took hold of that 
Um, and I like sort of ran that. There was like two other PTs, two or three other PTs that did that as well. So I'm doing boot camps, um, trying to do some PT in the garage and at parks and stuff like that. Um, sort of underneath the name Smith Fitness still. Yeah. Um, did you have any other jobs at the same time? No, nah, I was because I was just applying for jobs. Yeah, right. And then, so from that HPF stuff, um, that sort of ran like maybe eight weeks, and then it sort of finished, and I, you know, sort of said to them, um, like, oh, I'm still running boot camps down at Harrington Waters. So why don't you come down to those ones? So then most of those crew were like, oh, yes, yeah, sweet, we'll come down. Um, and there's still some of those guys training with us now. So who are those people? Uh, Sarah, yeah, right. Jarvis, Claire, Jack, uh, Brooke, I think. Um, so there's, was that five of them? Uh, Dennis. So that's, how many, how many years is that? That's Six. Man, climate uh, there. Five. That's, that's huge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, five years ago. And that was just from um, doing the the free HBF stuff. Yeah, right. Um, as well, yeah. So, that yeah, they've been with me. So they came from boot camp, at like the HBF boot camp down at, um, uh, was it like Rock and Air Mobile, and then started being in Harrington Waters. Um, so I'm doing a bit of PT, boot camps now, a bit of HBF work. When the HBF stuff um, sort of uh, like finished, I uh, brought those guys over start and they started doing our boot camp. Um, and then the rugby club were like, oh man, we got a storeroom. Do you want to like turn it into a gym? Yeah. I was like, oh, I had a look at it and it's like this shitty little space, man. It's like two and a bit meters by probably uh, 18. Um, so just a hallway basically. So you basically just, you've just widened out your gyms. As yeah, you but, yeah, you- yeah, they were real narrow. So it was like a hallway um, underneath the change rooms and then like a, maybe like a garage, which is probably, what was it? It had two squat racks on one wall, and then one had to be on the other side. Same squat racks you got now. Yeah, right. Um, so I was like, all right, sweet. Yeah, let's do it. But I want to do it properly because it was dingy down there. There was like, you know, cob. Like, it was just like, they said, oh, who wants to bring rug- um, gym stuff down the rugby club? So everyone just threw out all their old gym shit, basically. Yeah, right. So we were in there, and with the help of a few of the boys, just like basically ripsawed everything up, chucked it in a skip as, at like a club busy bee. Um, so yeah, the, the yeah, Rockingham Rugby Club said, yeah like use our gym and I was like sweet okay um they paid for the flooring um which I just got down from the road uh from a guy down the road um just rubber mats yeah that was a big thing because it's such a cost you don't really get it back so they floored it um and I bet it's all still there now so they rubber floored it and then I had accumulated some like a bench a squat rack another bench kettlebells dumbbells dumbbell rack um and a rower I think that's what I had and I had a glute ham raise I bought that pretty early um, same one we- no 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 oh. this is our second one yep. so yeah the first one I think Josh Hansen's got it now I think I sold it to him for a hundred bucks or something yep. um, so yeah took everything out of the garage um, by this time I'd like we'd moved Kelly's car out and I'd carpeted the garage yep. with like carpet from behind carpet call um, down in Mandra so I like gorilla taped it all together it was like blue carpet like joined with like grey carpet nice so, um, and it was, it was sick. Um, and I'll, I'll post some throwbacks every now and then of what the old, um, garage gym used to look like, but the rugby club said like, yeah, let's move in. So I moved it down there. Um, started running boot camp, just same boot camp, Tuesday, Thursday, five thirty. It's been running for fucking five years. Wow. Like four or five years. I don't know how many boot camps that we've done. Yeah. That's why I'm always trying to handball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Hey Laura, you want to do boot camp for me? Um, cause boot camps I'm, are like, it's not like a program that you're just following like a six week yeah. block of your girl. It's tough, man. It is, it like. is pretty tough. So, um, yeah, 
boot camping. Uh, we had a small little membership down there, whereas like guys could use the gym. So I was down there like 6 a.m. till 10, same hours that we're doing now, 6 a.m. till 10, yeah. and then 3 till 8 p.m. at the yeah. rugby club. I was still playing rugby at this time, which was good. Um, so I was down there sometimes just fucking twiddling my thumbs, bro. Just yeah. like, oh man, like, and this is where like social media marketing and all that sort of like running the business side of it started to like tick over and I had to focus on that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so running that as a business, I think I was there for maybe 18 months and then like the council was like, is someone running a business down there? And then rugby club's like, oh, sort of. And then we started, they sort of said like, yeah, you can't run a business down there, man. Like, yeah. Because you're not paying overheads, uh, I don't know, I with insurances. Pretty big on like just cost for boot camps and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, stuff like that. So like the rugby club was all sweet with it because they had someone there and it was like secured the place a little bit and I could take deliveries for the rugby club if they needed to and yeah. that sort of stuff. So it was and it was just unused space. So they gave me the space. We decked it out. It was pretty sweet. We had three squat racks in there, um, two benches. Had this massive um, shoulder press that I got. A couple of rowers. Got an air bike. I just started accumulating gear. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, you know, like go and take out a huge loan and just like put every like everything into it. I just oh, accumulated it, man. And that's yeah. something I think I do pretty well is like I'm quite resourceful. I make use of what, what I've got and I, yeah. you know, find things that like I don't just go buy the best of everything just for the sake of it. So um, I think that's something I've done well in this regard because you see a lot of people like him just invest everything, put himself in huge amounts of debt. Yeah, that's it. Um, whereas I just slowly accumulated it over time. So from there, we moved into Bakewell Drive, um, which was our first, like for me, that felt like the first legit gym. Proper gym. Um, because like I had a lease. Yeah. I was signing papers and doing like big boy things, business things. Big businessman, yeah. Um, so for me, after that, it was like, all right, shit, I've got, I had a, I think I had, I think I had 17 members at the rugby club. Yeah. Or 27, something like that. And I think I needed, I feel like I needed 27 to cover the lease or something. Yeah. And then I got that like first week. So like I changed the, the boot camp from paying each session. Like the girls used to buy like a card, like a 10 session card. And I used yep. to like clip it nice. every like old school hole punch it. Yeah. Yep. This will be bringing back memories if anybody's still listening, like hole punching their cards. And then they'll be like, oh, only got one left. And I'll be like, <laughs> do you get any of the dodgy ones? People are like, oh, probably. <laughs> um, no, nah, it, was, it was actually a pretty decent system. But then I was like, all right, guys, we're going to go to a membership. Yep. All right, direct debit. So we, we, I've got the easy debit th- stuff sorted. Yep. Um, and then, you know, the membership, um, yeah, like it, it sort of just, when I, when I moved, it, it, uh, we got sort of the lease under control straight away, which is really good because obviously if it's not, you're losing money. Yeah. So we got the lease out of the way and then, you know, slowly growing PT, trying to make a name for yourself, staying up on the social media marketing, still the same sort of stuff we're doing now, really. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that grew um, basically until I met you. You know, like by this time I'd competed in powerlifting, if you call it competed. Um, yep. Sort of uh, continued to hone my craft as a coach. Um, like I had the accreditations, I had the education, had the experience as an athlete. And yep. then I, from, you know the time in England all the way through or even a little bit before that I'd sort of started to become more of a coach yeah like and still continuing on so it's just continued on from them and that is shit man an hour and a half done oh well crushing it just on one topic one topic anyway (laughs) if people are still listening um that's basically our story so now yeah we well 
Troy went over it from there. Um, we moved from Bakewell into, uh, where are we now? Helmshaw. Um, what was it? July last year. So we've been there. What is that? It's coming up eight months. Yeah, almost come to Man, here. seems so Big quick. Big party for the first year. So quick. Yeah, we're going to have, yeah, we'll actually have to get one sorted because it's around my birthday as well. Yeah, definitely. Same, me too. So. Sick. Um, all right. So I know we've got a few other points here, but let's make them um, pretty quick because <laughs> shit, you reckon anyone's even listening? Let's hope they are, bro. Like yeah. we're just going to drop a two hour thing on them straight away. We should say something and then we'll know if they've actually listened all the way to this point. <laughs> uh, code word or something. Just yeah, oi. Oh, no, that was going to be it, man. Like, um, come down to Smith's Fitness, uh, mention that you heard the podcast and you'll get exactly $0 off anything. Yeah. <laughs> that was basically it. Yeah. Um, but let's go into um, all the shit jobs you've worked, man, just real quickly. Shit so, jobs. shit jobs. I, I know you've worked some had, shit ones. I haven't had a hell of a lot of shit jobs. No, you're talking about like cutting jobs. down trees and shit. Yeah, but that was a good job as well. Oh, you liked so it? I enjoyed uh, Oh, shit. It was, so you just know, talk through talk through the jobs that you worked like while okay. you were. I'll go. Th- yeah, go through them, man. So let's go through it all. Eh? Um, so out of school, did the uh, lawn lawn business. That was my first thing. Me and mate did that. Entrepreneur. Yeah. Dude, yeah. get it started again. It, so get it started again. Nah, I'll never do it again. Uh, <laughs> anything to do with gardening now, I'm like I'm so afraid of. Cause of those first few years there, um, yep. that progressed into a tree cutting business with a mate as well. Yeah. Um, and did that for about yeah. Well, four or five years I reckon yeah um, yeah it was, it was actually pretty good fun as much as it was like the job was pretty terrifying yeah. climbing trees and cutting them down was yeah That's sick. it's it's pretty scary stuff but um, I had a lot of fun um, was it just did, those two no uh, we else? had I think we yeah we built it to three or four of us at, oh at really time. so yeah we got what happened to truck it? and a chipper and what happened to it um, the guy that I was working with still does it so he's still going so he's in Fremantle somewhere now you're not making money off it Hey, sell your steak or anything? Nah, nah, we sort of just, we fell out a little bit and um, I just sort of left it. And oh, I was, mate. I was pretty happy to just, yeah, we just, we were good friends, but I think it was it was hard to, we just did, had different ideas on yeah, how to run yeah, the business. Yeah. Okay. So well, I that sort that. of intru- yeah, was, introduced never, you to running a business or what? Like Yeah, probably learnt all the wrong things you can do. So, yeah. Um, oh, that's the way though, isn't it? But I, yeah, I think from then I didn't want to work for anyone. I didn't, I, I, I enjoyed having my own freedom yeah. to just do, the, oh, I always a, knew that I wanted to work for myself. That's a massive thing so. and that's, yeah. Like probably something that you've uh, you've got to probably enjoy since you have come yeah. like from any time you do have people that are sort of telling you probably, what to do, which yeah. is I don't like. I might tell you to put your coffee cup away. Yeah, well that's definitely, <laughs> definitely right. That's about when, it. I, when I first started PT, I thought, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm, I'm still working for myself, but it definitely didn't feel that way. Yeah, uh, hasn't felt that way since obviously since I started working at you at Smiths, where I definitely feel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm running. You're just doing your own thing. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Right sweet. Um, yeah. So yeah, went from tree cutting. What did I do after that? I did like some. I got into like a bit of social work sort of stuff. Okay. So youth work sort what? of work. Yeah, I did a bit of that. So um, that was kick ass too. Well, that's not a shit job, man. Uh, maybe so, I just had the shit jobs. I did have shit jobs. I did work at a, like a sheep shearing shed for a year. Yep. Uh, we just uh, like a building job, so we just built the sheds. For yep. The, I was basically knee deep in shit every day for a year. Like my missus would make me take off all, all my clothes before I got in the house because I just stunk, <laughs> and she reckons I just smelled like sheep shit. Like even. <laughs> Like every single day, so Jesus. So that, but that was still fun too. Like there, you know, just okay. working with the boys, and it was actually quite a lot of fun. Making um, the most of it. Anything then, else? Yeah, there's quite a few more still. Jesus, um, man. I went, you know, the skateboarding was huge for us as well. Yep. Um, and I wanted to 
get involved. I wanted to have one in skate shop. There was another little... Yeah. I, I don't know how many stupid little dreams I've had. Where Man, it's not stupid. Not stupid, but I ended up working for, like, Star Surf, I think, a little bit. Yep. Um, wanting to, you know, I was going to run the skate section there and that, and uh, that was, yeah, that first experience in retail, I, that is the worst job in the world for me to be able to do. Yeah. Because, yeah, I just... I don't know how many dumb things I did in that job. <laughs> like just working the till and stuff. I'm an absolute. Tills are. Why are they so hard, man? Man, I can't work it out. I can't, suck, I can't never dude. work it out. I still feel like I'm waiting for me to stuff up our FPOS. Yeah. Um. All right. So I did that. Yeah. Um. Youth work. Yeah. I did. I did some crazy jobs with dude, youth that's work sick. stuff. Um, worked a bit with Skate Australia when they got funding to do. That's mad. Clinics. That was wicked as well. Skate Australia, yeah. email me back. I've emailed them a couple Have of you? times, eh? Yeah. Well, ben Baring or get... Well, get mate, they've got a, they're going to be in the Olympics. It's Who's less, their strength and conditioning coach? Why isn't no it me? I don't think there's any Skate Australia anymore. That's the sad thing. Yeah, that's, that's I, I'm not quite sure either. I've had a look at... I've, I've emailed someone. Ben, it'll probably be Ben. He does WA skateboarding now. He's, nah, he's it was, a, it was an Aussie one. It was an Aussie one. Never got back to me. But, Any, yeah. Anything else? Uh, what else did I do? I did a couple of other weird jobs, like stonemasonry I did for a little bit. When did you do all this? I oh, mean, I just, I, the like, amount of time, I did some jobs where I just literally do it for two weeks and go, nah, hate this, I'm out. Oh, shit. And I, I was, I've always got to, I've got to say, I'm pretty good on the old job interview. I think every time I ever got in a job interview, I nailed that. Yeah, job, you so. must have, man. So. All right. I'm going to go through my shitty jobs. Um, or my, my first job was at Sanity. Yeah. Um, which actually wasn't that shit, except for when I'd always get told off for putting, like, not so fresh on over the speakers because oh, wow, they yeah. just have those ones that they're trying to sell heaps yeah, yeah. which is like fucking Michael Bublé's like latest oh, Christmas geez. album and I'd just be like nah there's a new Snoop Dogg album I'll chuck that on or just like listening to Blink and stuff like that Yeah. so I'd, I'd, that'd, that'd have been the best sanity ever I'll yeah man that. the area managers just come in I'm talking like I had like two shifts um, they're like walking and be like what's this playing I'd be like uh, I don't know who put that on I'll, no I was putting it on for a customer those sort of ones yeah, yeah. Um, so I worked at Sanity um, most of the shit jobs I did w- were in England so I worked as um, just l- like a labourer most of the time um, I worked as a Bricky's labourer here for my mate Bricky um, who like that was actually sick because I was working with my mate and yeah. his dad so that was mad yeah. um, and that got me through uni and it was like really handy to have someone that would be like yeah you can come and work for us so shout out to Bricky and he's done that for heaps of the boys like yeah, from the rugby club and stuff like that so giving us sort of jobs um, as just Bricky's labourer which is pretty easy you just get yelled at if you stuff up the mud just get the, the old wheelbarrow through yeah, the that's sand it. That's oh, the... it was tough like physical but yeah nothing that nothing that's too I shit I always say it's good to go through a bit of that work yeah for I've sure I've always appreciated that like it would be different it. if we just like finished school became a PT and got yeah. heaps of clients yeah like how like you'd yeah. be a dickhead I think you appreciate the job you're doing yeah, more, you... a little bit not now yeah. you know after doing if you don't get work. exposed to that stuff you just become a prick really yeah um so I did Bricky's labour in here, but then when I went to England, um, while I was uh, living in Ben's ma- uh, Ben's grandma's uh, front room, I did um, just some labouring jobs, and we actually had to dig out a basement of this old as fuck, uh, like, you know those old British houses that have been there since, like, before they found Australia? Yeah, yeah. Like, one of those, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to make this, like, basement, which roof is, like, four foot, we need to make it, like, eight foot. Yeah. So you just, like, pickaxing into the floor... And then put it in a, a bucket and walk the bucket down the road and put it in the skip. Okay. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> they're like, there's the floor. The floor needs to be four feet from where it is now. So, we're just shoveling into, like, ancient dirt. 
Nice. That's just like rock hard. We're going through pickaxes. Mate, every 15 minutes, you just be like, tea break. You yeah. can just see why like you just want to take up smoking. <laughs> like So we're, we're in there. You can't even stand up. So you're bent over the whole time because you can't stand up. It's like four foot, five foot roof. Yeah. So you're trying to pickaxe into the floor, fill up a fucking bucket, like a laundry bucket sort of thing, like those ones that people put beers in at parties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you, you, pick, you have to pick that up. So it weighs like 20, 30 kilos. You got to pick that up, but you can't stand straight. So you got to like lean backwards, walk it like through the room, like through the fucking basement, up the stairs. And because it's fucking England, they got no front yards. Yeah. They had to put the skip like a hundred meters down the road. So we pickaxed this fucking basement out to make it like a ceiling height. Yep. And carried the dirt out in a bucket a hundred meters up the road until like we got the ceiling to the right height. Yeah. Right. Man, it was fucking terrible. Yeah. So we did that. Um, other shitty jobs. We did... Uh, we worked in like traffic management place when I went back to England the, the next time. And that was like... Um, we put like stickers on road signs. So we like printed the stickers, put them on like the big signs, like, you know, like diversion, go that way sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't too bad because we were inside and we had these big heaters that heated up the metal so you could put the stickers on them. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. it's just all too cold. So just stand in front of that. And we had these like rough as English dudes that were just fucking hilarious to work with. Yeah. But when that sort of dried up, there was no more work for us. So this is all through the rugby club. They're like, oh, you guys are going to go over there um, up towards Newcastle and work. And we're in this like fucking shitty as cold valley, man. It was so cold. Um, and we only had like a three-sided um, shed that we were in, like, oh, like warehouse. And they'd just bring in this big dump truck yeah, just full of um, demolished buildings just let the dump truck go and we just have to strip the copper out of just like rubble. Yeah, right. Shit, so, oh, dude. So we're there with like sledgehammers. It was freezing cold, but then like you get too hot because you're fucking sledgehammering everything. And then you got to like get this like sticky as copper out of shit and like just so the dude doesn't lose money off it. Yeah. And so we're just sticky from like head to toe with like this weird tar stuff that's all around these like power cables to get the copper out. It was fucking horrible, man. <laughs> And there's dudes that were working there for like 20 years. Oh, that's the worst, isn't it? When you're like, you know, some of these jobs I did and people still doing it. I'm just like, yeah. Oh, and man. like, it makes me feel like, you feel like a dick for saying shit like that, but it's like, fuck, how are you still doing this, man? You yeah. must be able to just switch off, eh? Yeah. But I just, yeah. So we did that. Um, one of the other jobs we had to cut out, so they were taking asbestos out of this um, warehouse so we had to cut the pipes out so they could get into the roof to take the asbestos out. Yeah. So me and fucking Dorse, um, how many texts has he sent me? Five. Um, so we're like ripsaw and we're in like an elevator, what's it called? EWP, elevated work platform. Yeah. Um, this is before I set it on fire. Um, so we're, we're up high. I've got like a fucking ripsaw like this, like pointing it up to the ceiling, like cutting through these big, what would they be like? Six, eight inch pipes that have got just like old water in them from fucking God knows when right. pre-war water just sitting in them. So cutting these pipes out and then Dorse would hold the other end. Um, no, I'd cut one, he'd be holding it and then he'd hold that end and I'd go down the other end and cut the other one. Yeah. And then like, we'd have like probably the length of the EWP, maybe three meters of pipe. And then we'd just like put it onto the floor. And this was all just to free up the ceiling so they could like tent it and get the asbestos out. Yeah. But there's just like old water and like just fucking sludge in these pipes. So you'd be ripsawing it and then it'd just be like spraying everywhere. That was fucked. Do you ever get sick from the... Oh, dude. <laughs> God knows. But the fu- the funny thing is I set that... So this is, again, through the rugby club. Um, we had two rip saws and Dorse was filling one up. 
And I was just like, I'll get fucking started on this. So I started ripsawing one of the things. The sparks come off that straight into the fucking, um, like the fuel, like as he's um, filling up the other one. Yeah. So it's just gone, woof, just lit up the whole thing. As he's like going, oh shit, he's like sort of kicked the fucking um, uh, like fuel thing over. So the whole like EWP's just gone like, oh, all up, like started melting all the plastic on the ripsaw, all that sort of shit. It was actually lucky, like, one of the boys, like, ran over and, like, put the thing, like, put the uh, work platform down, because we were at height as well, so we are up in the air, so he brings it all the way down, and, yeah, it was fucking, that was a shit job, that, man. Uh, What else have I done? That's probably the two worst ones. Yeah. So, I think that, um, man, we've been going, we're going to crack two hours for sure. Holy shit. Nah, all good. We'll chuck it out. Yeah. So, yeah, those shitty jobs, I think when it comes back to, like, fitness, having those, like I said those jobs and those like I at least know I don't want to do that and like it gives you that life experience yeah, that's it. and like so now so someone that's working those jobs comes and trains with us we yeah, can we actually yep. like have a reference point sort of thing so like yep. sounds like you sound like a bit of a wanker to say oh you've got life experience but like it does help oh man you, de- you definitely do like think about I remember some of the like 18, 19 year old trainers when I was first starting yeah you know they've never done any other thing else yeah that's it man straight school straight into and I, I think that and like never- a lot of people especially older people don't really want to listen to those sort of people yeah tell them how to like live their life yeah you know what I mean yeah um, so I feel like and that's why I wanted to touch on it um, if anyone's got this far um, that's why I wanted to touch on it just so it, like as other coaches or other people trying to get into the industry like if you're doing something like that just realize that it, it's gonna help you yeah and it's not like the fucking end of the world if you're working a shitty job and doing pt part-time or something like that it's all it is all experience and it is going to help you deal with different people and different situations that's it so let's move on to something else man um what's, what's real quickly on? real quickly because this is oh, another that's one. A long one though. Yeah, that's it is real. quite a long one. What advice would you give to someone starting out? Let's let's. I'm going to cap you at a minute. Uh, and starting out. Oh, he's got notes so for this I've one. I've got Jesus. notes for this one, definitely. So, what did I say? Probably the the most important thing is finding a good gym, finding a good coach to start with. Nice. I think if when I really think about it, um, you're first starting out. You, I think when I first started out, I did everything done that you could possibly think of. Uh, so yeah, you definitely want to. You know, find a good facility that, that suits your style of training. Find a good coach that you're into. So, yeah, sick. One thing. Yep, we're live on there. Are we? No, we're not. Oh. Fuck, should we go live? No, don't do live. I hate live. Oh, no, go live. It's too much pressure. <laughs> too much pressure. Um, so yeah, that that's about a minute, man. Um, fuck, we really could have. There's we, heaps you could. Yeah, we could have touched on this. Um, my advice would be to just coach anyone and everyone. You might have to do it for free. It might be your girlfriend, your sister, your mum, your dog, definitely your fucking self. Um, I'm, I am sort of big on that. Like without being like into image and into you know like if you're overweight you can't be a trainer that sort of stuff. But yeah. you definitely, yeah, mate. There's nothing better than having the experience yourself. You know what I mean? And people will, um, they'll respect you more if you've been in the trenches. Um, so definitely you got to. You gotta, and it might be shit. It might be training, you know, for anything. As long as it's like an athletic endeavor, um, if you sort of apply yourself to it, um, it can be anything. It might be like you, calisthenics. It might be like me for rugby. It yeah. could be, mate. It could be fucking yoga. It could be Pilates. It like whatever it's gonna be. 
I think you have to have some sort of physical endeavor you gotta, initially. Maybe yeah. you do let it wane and you focus more on business and coaching later you've on. Have the passion there first. But you've got to. I feel like you've got to have done something. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've got to have done something. The other thing is just coaching hours. Just get in and get coaching. Um, one, it'll make you realize if it is for you. Yeah. Um, and it'll just like you'll learn. That's it. Like without doing it, it's and I I went through this. Um, with exercise science as well. Like people would come out of exercise science and I wouldn't trust them to coach me because yep. they hadn't coached anyone. And I was probably the same after three years. Yep. Hadn't really been coaching. If I had my time again, um, I would have went and got my PT um, courses done yep. and tried to PT during uni like um, like how I did in my when, four... How, like, when you see a PT and they go, oh, I don't really train that much. Yeah, no, nah, it can't I'm be like happening. Just, that, it just doesn't... Yeah, no, nah, it's just so. because... Think about that, and well, they have like, trouble you, motivating themselves to try. Yeah, and like, like you should be that. You could go to a, a a powerlifting comp, right? And as an exercise science degree uh, graduate or PT graduate, right? That haven't put the time in. That you've, you know, those guys that are actually in the trenches, the powerlifters and stuff, they'll they'll know more about programming, periodization, yeah. exercise selection than the guys with the degrees and the guys with the qualifications. So, yeah. so unless you immerse yourself in it you know, you're going to be behind. Yep. So you, you really have to put in the hours coaching. So I know that's longer than a minute, but my advice or our advice would definitely be like, find a good gym, yep. get training, train as many people as you can. You might have to do it for free to start with, but most people these days, um, you know, will will say like you should be charging, like, you know, good people say you should be charging for this, yep. that sort of stuff. So don't do it for free forever. Don't be fucking no, silly about it. But if you're training your mum for half an hour a week and like while you're putting yourself through the course, it's better than nothing. That's you know it. what I mean? That's where I'm trying to come from. I always want people to know their worth. Um, so don't do something for free forever. Yep. And like it's something that I'm getting better at. It's like, oh, well, no, I'm not getting out anything out of that. Like I'm not going to, you know, put my time into it. But um, when you're first starting out, definitely just get the hours in training. Brother, sister, mum, you know, cousin, girlfriend, whatever it ends up being. Um, what else have we got? What, what are we training for now? So, well, you're about six days out. Yes, yep. Another powerlifting comp uh, yep. this Saturday. So, yep. um, yeah, all my training over the last, or since I've been at Smith's, has been very much powerlifting specific now. Yep. Um, I made that decision that I wanted to try to be the best possible athlete in that one sport. I've had a, a lot of experience of basically doing what you like to do, which is trying to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, I know that's what you like to do, but I sort of made that decision. I want to get, I want to see how far I can go with this one sport, putting all my efforts into that. Yeah. Um, seeing how far I can possibly that's push mad. it. So. so what, what's the go after, um, so it's States this weekend. Yep. I should know these things. States this weekend, what's the go? Perth Cup? Perth Cup as well. Yep. And just, uh, so that'll be three comps this year or two? Uh, I'm, I'm making the decision just to do two, two, two a year now from, yep. Um, I think that works best for me. I've done three, and I think I've done four that first year I did, and that was way too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty happy to do two comps in the year and just train. Um, yeah. I'm probably loving powerlifting more um, now than ever, so I'm yeah, really, sick, really into it at the moment. And um, yeah, obviously as a coach, I would love to go down that path of being full-time, you know, powerlifting coach. That's the awesome. end goal one day. So awesome. Yeah. And. Um, well, for those who don't know, Troy's been doing well. A couple of PBs lately on the old squat and Squat's bench. Squats. Yep. Yeah, squat was good. 200 for the first time. First 200. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty Sick. Good. And then um, bench press, you were benching 
or equal comp PBs yeah, or five it, five above? Five above, yeah, one fifteen. So not nice. the strongest lift for me, but um, oh mate, it's get, getting there. I it's think actually even finally improved, like that so. like the conversation we had the other day. It's getting there for sure. That's um, it. Just seeing the numbers go up though. That's the thing, you know. Like it's the power of things of sport that you're not gonna. You gotta be quite patient. so patient. You eh? gotta be so patient and just yeah. gotta be prepared to put in the hard yards and. So um, for the, for the time being, it's powerlifting, Troy. Powerlifting, yep, yep. Fuck yeah. No desire to do anything else at the moment. All right, so. sweet. Well, I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> so, um, oh mate, I'm nearly packing it in this CrossFit Open though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck em. What's this? Oh fuck them. They dogged me. You get the old um, measuring tape out. <sighs> they fucking dogged me, and then like I was emailing the dude. So for those who don't know, and for the three people still listening, um. I did the CrossFit Open five workouts uh, for five weeks. So they did the first workout, wall balls and rowing, right? So 19 calories, whatever it ends up being, 15 minutes worth. So I do um, I do the 15 minutes. I post a pretty decent score. I was very happy with it. And then because I'm not, we're not a CrossFit box, I don't have a judge to judge me. So I have to do a video submission, yep. which is fucking ridiculous, mate. It's like remaking fucking Avatar. Like... I gotta have the calories on the rower in the picture. I gotta have a stopwatch in the picture. I gotta show them the measurement of the wall ball height. Yeah. Even though I've drawn a fucking thing around my whole gym at the right height, um, I've gotta show them the medicine ball weight. I've gotta show that I'm squatting to parallel. Yeah, right. Like, and then I gotta upload it. Right. So I do all that, and then the motherfuckers take fifteen percent of my score because they reckon my wall balls weren't reaching the right height. So the I'm right so height was, dirty. Was that white line? That's no, well, they're like, got it's got to make contact above the line. And I'm like, well, the, what, the target is the line. So if it makes contact on the line, it's all good. Yeah. But they weren't having it, so they docked me. And I was thinking of doing it again, but my legs were fucked, so yeah. I'm not. So that was one thing I'm training for. So I've got four more workouts to do, and I was right about to just pack it in. Yeah. Oh, I, fuck. Fuck them. <laughs> um, so the other thing I'm training for is... Oh, shit, two more things. Uh, doing a off-road triathlon... Uh, March 31st, so it's coming up five weeks away. Yeah. Uh, so 1,500 meter swim, a 13k trail run, a 20k mountain bike. Um, so off-road triathlon. So that orders a little bit backwards. Normally the runs last, yeah, right. but I think to spread the field a bit more, it's um, swim, run, bike, wow. because the bike is mountain bike. So they've got to spread the field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's in March, and then after that, in July the first, we're going ultra marathon. We're going fifty-three k's uh, at the Wild Goose Chase Running Festival. Um, that will be my first ultra marathon and my first oh. marathon. So oh, probably done the marathon, haven't right? done a marathon. So Fuck that noise. In the deep end yeah, man, deep end or deep end or nothing. Um, so I've done like what twelve half marathons in my in just in training yeah. across probably the last ten months. Um, which I wouldn't say they're easy, but like you oh, could yeah. say AJ, I've bet, done one, man. I'm yeah, you, you could say AJ, bet you can't run a half marathon, and I'll be like, well, yeah, I can. Yeah. So like this week, I was actually thinking of trying to knock a thirty out, but I probably won't. Um, so yeah, just building up my um, kilometers per week. I've got to get away from thinking that I've got to run these like fast races and stuff because the ultra yeah. is dictated so much by the terrain um, that. Like you're not, it's not always just a, a straight run, yeah. And that's what interests me more um, with that than just like a um, like a standard road half or road like tri- um, marathon. Yeah. Just does not interest me at all because it's yeah. just like, all right, sweet, twelve k's an hour for fucking forty two k's, just meh. So yeah. I'm like, w- with the trail stuff and the the ultra stuff, it's you know, you're you're walking up hills, you're running down hills, you're in pea gravel, you're on like goat trails, you're on 
um, like bitumen roads, that sort of stuff. So it's just that variance and the fact that you don't have to just be like this pace plodding along. Yeah. That's what interests me. Um, and then I, I sort of see the times that some of the past competitors are doing and I'm, I'm like, oh, shit, I can do that. So 53 sounds really fucking scary, but yes. it's not just like, all right, go hit the pavement, run for 53Ks. It's, lot, it's more just like fucking get from here to over there to me. You know yeah. what I mean? So my runs are all like super maximal speeds. Like I'm, I'm running that, you know, between 10 to sort of 15Ks an hour. Yeah. I'm planning on averaging maybe eight for this race. Yeah. So doing 53, maybe like six and a bit, seven hours. So as long as I don't break down, I should be sweet. Um, yeah. That's what I'm keep telling myself anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're training for now. Troy, powerlifting, me, trying not to lose my shit with CrossFit um, and just getting up my running kilometers. Um, trying to swim like once a week. Swim's yeah. not a big part of this triathlon really. Yeah. Um, it's probably like half an hour swim. Um, and then a bit of mountain bike. I went off-road the first time on the weekend. Nice. Fuck, it's hard, man. I went yeah. out to Jaredale and it's just like, felt like I was just squeezing the handlebars getting like cramp in my forearms and stuff. Yeah. It's fucking tough. So that, I think I underestimated how hard the bike's going to be on that, um, in that triathlon. So yeah. let's get on to uh, topics. Yep. Now I could speak on this one for fucking ages oh, as well. That's your, that's your go, man. All right. Man, so Josh, true? shout out to Josh. Um, he actually got married yeah, uh, on the weekend. Wedding. Yeah, surprise wedding for Josh and, uh, and Stacey, both members of the gym. So Congrats. congratulations, guys. If you're listening to this, Jeez, I get something, get a hobby. Right, no. If you're listening to this still, get a hobby. Well, he would have been waiting here the whole time. Dude, he's into podcasts and stuff. So, is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, get a hobby, Josh. <laughs> um, so, Josh said, what sport produces, I think that's the key word there, the best athletes. Now, for yeah. me, this is a, a tough one because the best athletes play basketball, yep. NFL, AFL, yep. rugby league or union, soccer. Okay. I think. That's your top five? That's that, no, that's when you think about where the best athletes go. Oh, just as in... Uh, the okay, best so the best athletes yeah, okay. play you. football. But yep. that does that mean if you play football, that it's gonna, you're going to produce the best athlete? Yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't. It's, be, it's more to do with the... Um, the popularity of the sport and the even maybe the amount of money that you can yeah. make because you could look at tennis and stuff like that. All right. So we've got to say like what produces the best athlete. Yeah, it's going to be the sport with the most money. They're going to get the best coaches. They're going to get the best. But that attracts girls. the best athletes. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't produce them, if yeah, you know what I, I mean. What mean. Yeah. So it's, really, it's, it's a really tough one because you've got to look at, okay, how are they training? What actually, what should you do? What sport should you play to become the best athlete? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's gonna sound real shit, but I think CrossFit has to take it has to take the cake. It has to take the cake. The other the other thing you got to think, yeah, the all roundedness of it. Yeah. But the the thing that takes the cake uh, for me is it's like it's aspects of everything. Yep. Whereas like NFL, yeah, they're super quick, really explosive. They're not, you, yeah, they're not running any far distance though. Yeah, like they're not, it. they're not running for well, minutes on ends or anything. You could probably break it down. What, what, what makes a good athlete? Yeah, well, so there's that. So like, you got to think. Strength, obviously. Agility. <coughs> strength, agility. Endurance or like, like endurance. Um, flexibility. There's five. There's another one. 
balance. Balance? Did we say balance? Could be balance. Yeah, balance would be. You got to say so CrossFit can... would produce. If someone said, "What's going to produce the yeah. best athlete across?" You know, and I know they get like, "We're fittest in the world," all that sort of stuff. Yep. I've got to say, like, when you look at those sort of markers, it does. But the best athletes play NBA. Yep. They play NFL in Australia. They play AFL. They play rugby. Yeah. The best athletes, um, I think, they get attracted to those sports. It's hard what to. About, it's a tough like, one. Like MMA, you know, fighters and MMA is up there too, man. You have to say that's pretty high up there. For like the, good endurance. They're yeah, strong they and powerful. Everything as well. Um, really, f- like flexible, yeah. robust. And yeah, like, even tough. like people are um, training the experience. Of, if you get a fighter like doing training, they generally pick thing, most things up pretty yeah, well as well. That's like it. You know what? The the other thing that like what sport produces the best athlete? Gymnastics. That's the other one I was gonna say. So like people that have done have had a gymnastics background and go and do other stuff. Yeah. Kill it. Like anytime you as a PT and they go, I used to do gymnastics. Because they can put their body where they need to. Yeah, they just. That's like with the kids that you know the girls that come through. They do dancing and stuff, and I'm like squat, and they're like, yeah, cool. Now this isn't hard, dude. Yeah. It's just like I like bend my knees, sit down, stand back up, where they're used to doing cartwheels and flipping over shit. That's it. So gymnastics, but then you look at like, it's hard with CrossFit because some people are like, that's not a sport, that's just working out. Yeah. Um, but like, look at the gymnastics aspects of CrossFit. They're walking on their hands. Yeah. They're doing like, keeping ring muscle ups and like fucking strict muscle ups as well. Yeah. Um, they're doing all sorts of stuff like that. So, yeah, I it's saw, a I, I think it's I a very tough one with the CrossFit. I so would say so. I would definitely say people... the best athletes in the world: NBA, NFL. Yep. Right. As in terms of explosive, uh, powerful, strong. Yeah. Um, Endurance-wise, you got to look at like how, like what sort of endurance. Because I would go like football, um, soccer, maybe. Uh, so AFL. AFL's big. AFL's have got yeah, huge that's... engines, but then like they're not ultra runners. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got dudes doing marathons every day for fun. Yeah, that's it. So it's like, yeah, all right. Was a, yeah. So it, it really comes down to what what you're sort of looking at because, uh, like agility, you'd probably say maybe like some aspects of NFL basketball. Yeah. Um, basketball, their strength isn't going to be there, but like skill and like balance. Yeah. Like power very, for very some hard. of them. It's yeah. It's so I think the best athletes get attracted to the the highest paying sports really yeah yeah. you know what I mean because you could look at something else and be like decathlon you know what I mean like fuck yeah. I don't know all the events that they do but they'd be mad athletes but does decathlon make them a better athlete yeah. I think to a certain degree it probably would um, yeah it's hard. it's a tough one anyway Josh thanks for that yeah. and congratulations on getting married alright I read up a little bit on this like obviously we know a little bit about it yeah. to start with um, intermittent fasting this was from I don't know his name because it's not on... um, It was just Instagram, uh, Brown Dog something. So, shout out Brown Dog. Um, Yeah. uh, uh, Your name's not on your Instagram, man, so I don't know it. So, Brown Dog. Um, He just said... It was basically just intermittent fasting. So, so why is he asking? Was it not really asking a question. um, Just probably our... Weight loss, I'm guessing. Yeah, you'd think, yeah. So, um, just on my opinion on it, I actually probably do intermittent fasting without really being like, I'm doing intermittent, you know? It's sort of like... If you don't say it, are you really doing it? Yeah. Um, so just through like the way my day structures, I don't eat breakfast at 5.30 a.m. I just like, because I just wake up, 
go straight to the gym. Yep. Um, and then I eat breakfast at like 10.30. So I'm going from uh, 8.30 the night before to 10.30. So what's that? 12, 14 hours. Yep. So yep. a couple of hours less. Sometimes I get home and don't eat until 11. So you could sort of say that's intermittent fasting. Um, yep. In my my school of thought for it is... Yeah, it it's definitely not necessary. If it fits in with your lifestyle, it's not going to be the biggest deal. No. Um, it is an e. It's just another way to reduce total calorie intake. Big time. Yep. Um, it's the benefits of it aren't any better than just a normal calorie controlled diet. Yep. Um, there might be there might be some benefits in regard to like gut health and stuff, but like to be fair, stuff like all that. that sort of shit, the research isn't there for like the late, like just the why, strength and conditioning me, coach. Why make it more complicated than it needs to be? That's well, you wouldn't, with... like none of, nobody should really be making recommendations on gut health that like f- intermittent fasting for gut health because I, d- I just don't think that like the research is out there yet. It's such a like a, just a new thing when it comes to gut health and a lot, a lot of people are all, you know, wanting to be all about it and, yep. and you know, it's it's sort of all the rage as they say but um, to make recommendations um, based on anything like that, it, it's way out of my hand. Like, I always tell people, nah, man, that's, like, I'd, I'd do it this way. Yep. Um, I wouldn't make recommendations in that regard. So, intermittent fasting, I'm actually probably doing it. Um, I do like 14 hours where I don't. It's I just skipping don't. breakfast really, isn't it? I definitely it? don't, so I know I can't, so... Yeah. If you want to keep muscle yeah. mass, I wouldn't suggest it yeah, at all. Um, don't Like, fasted cardio is no better than normal cardio because you, like, you don't have the well, quick-release carbohydrates in your system to actually fuel hard, intense training. Yeah, so, whilst... You know, they always say like, oh, we're burning fat because, you know, like we've got like, low blood glucose and like low glycogen levels and stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah man, but you're training shit so you get a less training effect. So That's it. Well, that's the, like if you're training as a powerlifter, you, no. you've got a heavy deadlift session. Nah, man. And you're like, oh, now I can't eat because I'm in this fasted period. Nah, right nah, now. fuck that off. You're going to so have some shit. I would just sessions. look at it and like this is where we're going to start repeating ourselves. We're going over two hours, Troy. We're killing Woo-hoo. this. Um. Yeah, I would just say it's another tool in your box to reduce total caloric intake. Yep, that's yeah. the way I'd look at so it. There's that's, inter- that's all it does, really. Yeah, the there's day. intermittent fasting. Um, it's sort of one of those things, like, are you even fasting unless you say you are? It's like, I am, but I'm not, like, a yep. proponent of it. It's just, like, I don't want to wake up half an hour earlier. I'd rather sleep. Yep. And then, like, I don't really feel hungry, and maybe that is sort of, like, an effect of it. Um, and then I just fucking bang a coffee and then I'm good until 10.30. Is that what you own? Yeah, right. So, so when's your first meal of the day? Like what? 10.30. Man, I, I struggle with that. Yeah, see, but I'm not I'm trying to like, <laughs> I'm not trying to get huge and shit. And, no, that's it. Um, something I've noticed, I probably like, I, I don't think at this stage it's really limiting my performance. Um, no. I think it would eventually. Um, but I don't always train well, you at the tra- same time of day. So I normally Every train. Every individual is different to yeah. that as well, isn't My it? training's yeah. all over the place um, depending on what I'm doing and like what I've like daily fucking routine and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So um, like I've lifted, fasted and all that sort of stuff. I wouldn't suggest it. Like yeah. it's not the smartest thing to do if you want to like train really well, perform well at training, which obviously increases your training effect yeah. um, and keep like muscle mass on. So mate, get your... Get your pre and post like carbs and proteins in. Big time. Big time. All right, sweet. Yep. Last one um, from one of your clients, Troy, is uh, Natalie. Yep. Starting training later in life 
with no history in fitness. Yeah, well, Natalie's probably a good person to talk about. Well, I think that's why she sent it in. So thanks, Nat, for sending it in. Yeah. This is our last topic, so we're going to go, fuck yeah, two hours, mate. (laughs) i got shit to do. I'm not going to clean anything. Um, Take it away, man. All right, so probably, well, think think about Natalie when she first came in. Um, The biggest thing is, is the amount of training volume we're doing with someone that hasn't done anything before. Yep. Um, it's probably the first thing. So understanding that you're going to really have to um, bring it back a lot with how much you maybe train someone that's been doing a little bit of fitness throughout their life. Yep. Uh, especially the older they are as well. Um, and then obviously the other thing is probably putting more emphasis on just good movement. So understanding how to get someone to move properly first. Yep. Rather than worrying about weight loss, uh, anything else like that, you know, getting strong is let's just get them moving properly first and um, being really patient and taking your time with with doing that properly I think that's when I think about Natalie that's what we um, we didn't have you know obviously weight loss was one of it a big goal for her but yeah we didn't really put much emphasis on that to start with it was let's just get you moving properly she was struggling to lift a two kilo dumbbell yeah above her head when we first started yeah so it was basically let's just work on mobility and and function of movement first and and work up from there awesome so I would probably um like echo what you just said it's um you sort of you got to take it like you do this with every you do this with every client and like i think you can get sold a little bit on like oh individualized 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 it's like to a certain degree we all sort of need the same thing yeah and that's why i always push like big four so much so i'm yep. like yeah squat hinge push pull like just that's figure it. out which fucking version you can do exactly and you're off um and that's like down the line that's what you would probably get to but to start with you're obviously taking into account um like injury history, yep. um, like past exercise, if any, um, what they enjoy doing. But for me, um, starting later in life is to create a like a good habit around physical activity. So you got to find what's going to get you back in the gym. So like with Nat, for example, it was like she she started I think with more weight loss, but now she's obviously into powerlifting and wanting yep. to lift lift heavier. So it's kept her in the gym. Yep. Um, so. This is, but it's the same with everyone. Even if, you know, you, you're starting out and you're young, you just want to create a habit of getting in, working hard and working consistently. That's sort of like that bottom part of the, the okay, pyramid. You know what I mean? It? It's no the base. You got to build that base of like, if you don't have a habit, you're not doing it consistently. You know, you got nowhere. You like, you can't worry about the cherry on top. Yeah. Um. So for me, that like creating that habit, um, is the main thing because it's not happening if that habit's not happening. Um, but you're right, like limiting restrictions, um, to a certain degree. The other thing with me that you, that I always find is you could easily focus on the stuff that they can't do and correcting them. Yeah. But it's important that people have little wins and you Easy. stack up these little wins. So you got to give them something that they can do. Little that's going to, yeah, that's going to get them back in. Yeah. That's going to help create that habit. Yeah. Um, and I say this a lot. It's like people are, they're too far ahead of themselves and they haven't done two sessions yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. you haven't trained for a month, but you know, you want this and you want that. And it's like, hey, 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 yeah. turn up with you, like your shoes on sort of thing. Um, that's getting a little bit off point, but it's it's like those those little limitations that people might have. It's great to focus on them. If they come to you, I want you to focus on this. That's sweet. Yeah. You deal with the client. 
But if they come and they say, I want to, you know, start exercising, feel better, get stronger, lose some weight. Yeah. All right. You don't just go start making everything like a rehab or like, oh, you've got poor ankle mobility and spend like 15 minutes doing that. That's it. You spend two or three minutes doing that and yep. then you get them doing something that yeah, they can yeah. do. It yep. might be sitting to a box. Yep. It might be a really easy ring row. It might be a seated row, an easy dumbbell press. And you give them that little win, which gives them that like, that good sort of attitude towards physical activity. I did something today. I accomplished something. That's it's it. obviously got those psychological benefits. And then you can stack those little wins on top throughout each session. And now we've created that habit. Yep. And now once that habit's created, people will sort of uh, gravitate towards what they want. They want to breathe hard, breathe heavy, sweat a lot. Or they want to lift really heavy and like lift a lot of weight and get stronger, build muscle, that sort of stuff. So it's, um, I think it's, you take getting back to what, <laughs> what she's actually asking starting training later in life with no history and fitness is um, to create a habit around physical activity. Anything that gets you doing it is fine. Yep. How's that sound? I like that. Sweet. So- Shit, man. I reckon we're going to have to leave it there. Two hours. and eight. Two hours and eight minutes. Holy shit. Wait, fuck, bro. We're like, gonna we'll to... get probably half an hour in. We'll be... Dude. I'll tell you how easy it is, though. Like, we'll just fucking it wasn't talk that shit. Hard. It wasn't as bad as I... That's good. Hey, that, so. if you've listened to all of this, I want um, you to come in and say to Troy that the podcast was sick and you'll get absolutely zero dollars off anything. Um, I think we're going to leave it as that. I don't, I definitely don't have an outro yet. So I'm just probably just going to press stop and then, um, we need a like catchphrase or something. Yeah. Nah, fuck it. I'll, I'll think about something, but, um, well, yeah, thanks guys. Like I said, uh, at the very beginning, if you're still hanging around, listening to this, get a hobby, but, um, yeah, thanks for all your input and your sort of support and telling us that we should do it. Um, and hopefully more to come. Yeah. Sweet. Cheers. Later.